Haunted Hangover presents Haunted Hall. Welcome to Haunted Hall. I'm Louie, and I'm joined by Manny. That's right. And and we're, we're going to start the show off a little different, because before we uh, were recording, you mentioned we didn't talk about what we were drinking, even though my drink was quite boring originally. Yeah, we're on a haunted hangover, and we're not talking about our hangover. <laughs> I was well, like, so. The work in progress to the, the hangover. The work in progress. It will yes. be a hangover after this. After go, watch, this. go watch Skin and Marink after this and <laughs> you maybe might take not. a nap. From what I heard, <laughs> that, that movie will give you a hangover. No alcohol required. So we'll see. Uh, what are you drinking? What, what beverage do you um, have right now? This this is it's a it's a mixed it's a mixed drink I have mixed I don't know what the hell it's called I'm calling it the St <laughs> Michael's St Michael's mudslide in uh, in honor of the film we're covering it's a mixture of uh, silver rum uh, a mudslide Kahlua coffee Kahlua and a, um, a coffee rum. Very, that's a lot of coffee in that cocktail, dude. Oh, there's like little, little, oh, like okay. half a shot of each, a little bit, you know, and a little bit of a uh, little co- maple brown sugar coffee creamer. I'm going to have just, to. Just to give it some, you know. Mm. Yeah, some oomph. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you come up yeah. with some cocktails for the cocktail videos I put together, dude. I, sometimes I draw a blank with them. I'm dude, like, I got fuck. A, I got a liquor cabinet, man, of all different. I got I got pumpkin whiskeys. I got g- oh, gingerbread whiskeys. I can do some I can do some dude, cocktails. I, I, right now, I'm not going to say what movie because I'm, I'm putting together another cocktail video. I don't want to say I'm, I'm, it's themed around an upcoming film that's coming out in the next two months or something like that. Mm. And I don't know what cocktail to make for the cocktail video. Like, I, okay. I know everything else. I know the theming of the video, the little introduction to the video, what it's going to look like. Yeah. But I have no idea what the actual cocktail is going to be. So I have to figure that one out. That's that's kind of the hardest thing about the cocktail videos is coming up with something interesting and yeah. different. It's not like, all right, using tequila. All right, using rum again or whiskey again. Kind of, you know, change it up. So that's always the tough tough thing when it comes to the cocktail videos I do here at Haunted Hangover. So you make it, you make it, make it your own. Yeah. I got that uh, A24 cookbook. Ooh. <laughs> and it's got, I gotta yeah, see what that, we'll see, we'll see what's in yeah. that book. Uh, I think I have it over here. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not over here. It's downstairs. No, I have the A24 cookbook and they have all different drinks and desserts and meals based on their film. So there's like midsummer drinks and uh, hereditary. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, uh, I'm not drinking anything nearly as exciting as you i'm just drinking a, i'm drinking a heineken light here no watching my uh my figure light, watching your figure <laughs> i have listen man it's the beginning of the year and i promised myself i'd lose like 10 pounds and i did I, the um, same i'm a beer drinker and beer mm. is not good for that so i promised the same thing i had some taco <laughs> bell earlier so clearly i'm losing <laughs> you're already you're already <laughs> failing i'm already, I'm already <laughs> fucked up dude you i went like to talk three chop three chalupas and you uh <laughs> I went over. I went over there, and because apparently Taco Bell has hot wings, I was like, "Well, oh, I gotta really? try." Yeah, I was like, "Fuck <laughs> it, let me see what Taco Bell's chicken wings are like." And I got there, and they didn't have the chicken wings. Well, I'm already here. <laughs> well, you've gone <laughs> that far. You might as well. Yeah, pick I did something the same up. thing at Popeyes. I went look 
looking for their ghost pepper wings and they didn't have any. Well, I'm already here. <laughs> I'm already here. I'm I might already as well. Here. I might as well pick tenders. something up. That is so weird. That ta- and I, listen, I love Taco Bell. You know, being a vegetarian, I've talked about it on the show a million times. Mm-hmm. I can get a black bean taco, guacamole oh, taco, yes. all that stuff. They the have potato. a very good, very good the, um, vegetarian menu. Yes, yes. the potato well, taco good. is good. Good. Yeah. You lose, use good. good very loosely. Use that word. Yes. Uh, but I do go to Taco Bell occasionally to get myself you can have, something. You can have anything done by Taco Bell and any, no matter what it is, you tell them, I think you tell them alfresco or something and yeah. they will vegetarian it. It's like they will just substitute tomatoes whatever it is. and onions yeah. they add to it yeah, and stuff. Anything. It doesn't matter what the burrito is. They'll just do it without the meat. I do find it interesting when they dabble mm-hmm. in wings and like chicken <laughs> sandwiches. They had, dude, they had a fucking chicken sandwich. I, I don't eat chicken sandwiches, but they had, had one like a, like last year. I was like, Taco Bell, what the hell are you doing? You're Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Mexican again. Now they have, now they have chicken Mexican wings, I like, food. I use well, the air quotes for that one. Mexican. It's not very Mexican. Fucking gourmet Pepsi. too, I thought. Right? Oh God. <laughs> well, welcome to the fast food podcast. <laughs> We're opening the show here talking about Taco Bell. But yes, and cowabunga it, pies, right? And you cowabunga, you oh yes. You probably, you guys that are listening to this, already probably watched that video. If not, mm-hmm. watch my latest vlog where I talk about the. Uh, Layered dessert cowabunga pie from Nutty and Nostalgia. Just looks like diabetes in a cup. That's what it is. Wilford All Brimley. Right, Wilford as... Brimley popped up. He's very, air, he's very a, disappointed with in you. In a talking <laughs> bubble and just popped up next to me and told me that you're making your way towards the beaties. So, yes. He's disappointed in you. Yes, he is disappointed. But, yes, we are talking about a movie uh, in this episode. <laughs> at some point? Um, in, the, in the second episode of Haunted Hall. We're, we are talking about a movie at some point. And that is the 1977 film, The Sentinel. Is The Sentinel the only thing that stands between the mortal world and the torment of hell? Between happiness and horror? She went to a party with eight dead murderers. Eli Wallach. Doesn't everybody? Have a hat and noisemaker. Sylvia Miles. Nobody has lived in that building for three years. Ava Gardner. Martin Balsam. Jose Ferrer, Arthur Kennedy. There is danger. I swear to God, I'll kill you! Chris Sarandon. I'll kill you! Burgess Meredith. Welcome home. And Christina Raines, the Sentinel. The most frightening motion picture experience of your life. And the most revealing. Turn around. Look behind you. Be one with us. There is evil everywhere, and the Sentinel is the only hope. The Sentinel. Yes, yes, there goes the the release. Oh, we're going to get into what version we watch, which you already have shown shown people. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. We watched the same version, and I don't own, I used to own multiple copies of this, Mm. but when I did a purge recently in the last two years, I got rid of my DVD copy of it because I felt it was unnecessary to have two movies. It was just taking up space. Two copies Mm. of the same movie, I should say. Um, I have that problem. Yeah, you had never seen this. This nope. is the first time watched, the first which time is watching. surprising considering it involves Satan and hell, kind yep. of. And you're a big fan of Satan and hell, yep. so I'm, I'm. I found that weird that you had never seen it. I remember we, it. When, when we came, when we came up with the idea of you know having this show, this new show under Haunted Hangover, under the Haunted Hangover umbrella. 
I was like, I definitely want to talk about The Sentinel because I love that movie and I don't hear a lot of people talk about it. And you're like, dude, I've never seen it. And I was like, really? You've never seen the fucking Sentinel? Yeah. Wild. I've, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but I'm doing a, the horror 365 challenge that I got off, uh, off, um, Twitter where you know, watch 365 horror movies yeah. in 365 days. I don't know and how you're I, doing it, but you're dude, doing no, it. that's dude, that's <laughs> easy for me. That's easy. 300, 365 horror movies in a year. That's nothing. I just leave oh, Pluto TV. Oh, I thought on it was like long. every day you have to watch. No, a movie. no, oh, no. Okay, like, all right. Just 365 within 365. Gotcha. Um, and I've oh, decided I'm gonna. Yeah, <laughs> I, it is. Yeah, exactly. So I, I said I want to challenge myself a bit, and I wanted to make it 365 new to me horror movies, mm. things I've never seen, because yeah. I want to just. I'm. T- I watch the same movies over and over again. Oh, me too. You know, <laughs> I, you know, you're on Letterbox too. Yeah. Right. Same. You see, you see your stats at the end of the year, and it's like I'm looking at like 64 percent of the movies I watched are rewatches. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no wonder I'm kind of bored with things, you know, like I'm not watching anything new. So I'm at like, uh, I think the Sentinel was number 27 or 28 for the year already, mm. you know, um, and I'm happy that I got to see it because I see I always saw this in my mind. I always put this next to The Guardian, like the same type of movie, but I'd never seen The Guardian either. Yeah, The, gar- the Guardian just kind of the Guardian like the names and the images I saw just kind yeah. of matched, but they're nothing. Alike. Like, no, they're, really, they're nothing alike. No. Funny enough, there is a, a, a because this this film is based on a novel written mm-hmm. by Jeffrey Konvitz. I think mm-hmm. I'm butchering his last name there. Possibly. He actually he actually co-wrote the script as well with Michael Winner, the director oh, of, of the Sentinel. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, there is a sequel to the to the novel, The Sentinel, and it's called mm-hmm. The Guardian. I'm oh, pretty wow. sure. I, I think. Oh, wow. I, I'm pretty sure that the sequel is called The Guardian. So Uh funny enough, you're thinking of the William Friedkin Guardian, right? That's the one you're thinking of, which I also love that movie. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. that'll be one of my picks. Yeah, that movie is that is batshit insane. I love it. That is one of the few movies I still own my VHS copy and Mm -hmm. I have it on Blu-ray. So there you go. So (laughs) that one I did not get rid of one of the releases. It is correct. Sentinel, the Sentinel novel was 1974, and the Guardian was the yes. sequel. He did it in 1979. So right. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, and and so that's funny that you. That might you, be why I'm connecting possibly. it. That might be why I connect them. Maybe somewhere at some point, I learned that they were a novel, and like that's weird that I would connect this to the Guardian that of is. all things, and because they're nothing alike, they're nowhere near. It's like they're 20 years you apart know. almost, you know. So the right? Guardian's about like a tree witch who wants to apart. steal a baby, yes. and yeah. it's very it's, different. It's freaking hand the rocks to cradle with witches. Yes. With a witch, yes, exactly. Yes. Who's yeah, a tree? And a, tre- 10 a tree years witch, apart and they're not, yeah, a tree witch. That tree is that tree will kick the shit out of the tree in Evil Dead's ass. Yes, that I agree. tree will kick its ass. That, that is fucking, a serious that tree. Damn, that scary ass tree. Yes. Fucking, right. like We're not talking about that movie, though. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the Sentinel. But yes, it is funny how the sequel is called The Guardian. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I did just you being someone and me too. You know, we both love old horror movies. So I am someone. It's just strange how you never yeah. were even curious to, to oh, toss I was this curious. On. No, I was curious. I just never did. I don't own it. I never rent it. I, yeah, I don't see it on any weird. streaming. I don't remember ever renting it. It just you know, somehow and, like got it mm-hmm. just you, it never came across. It's just never your way, you know, and you for you to watch it. Crazy. There's a few. There's a lot of. There's a lot of really big movies that somehow through no purposeful intervention or I just like I've never seen a single Daniel Day Lewis movie. 
Not one. I've never seen a single movie he's That's in. That's wild, but okay. I've never watched <laughs> Last of the Mohicans. I never watched the the, the, Abra, the, the Lincoln movie. Uh, he's in a there bunch of There will be really blood. Big, That's a great movie. I never saw it. I That's just got... I did just get... Um, oh, shit. The Crucible. I just bought it. Crucible's great. Yeah, when, when, when owner writer, right? writer. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I bought it. And then I got it. I looked at it. I was like, holy shit, Daniel Day Lewis is in this. It's going to yeah. be my first Daniel Day Lewis movie. And it's about the Salem <laughs> Witch Trials. See, but I could see why you would want to watch that movie. Like, it yeah. makes sense why. That, yes. is, that, is a good, that is a good movie, too. So mm. there you go. You're finally yeah. going to watch. You're going to break your uh, Daniel Day Lewis virginity. I guess there. it, there's a few <laughs> movies on the list so far that I've watched that I'm just like, I can't believe I've never seen this. That's you crazy. Know? Um, and the 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 Sentinel, um, sorry, the Guardian was one that I thought I had seen, mm. and then when I'm halfway through watching, I'm like, nope, I've never seen this. Guardian's <laughs> awesome. Guardian's I've awesome. Never, man. It is awesome. And this was one that, yeah, you just so never got on. I'm, I'm glad I got to see it. You know, I, you know, I didn't freaking see curtains. It I'd never seen curtains. curtains. Fucking rules I've too. Never, <laughs> I'd never seen all of Sisters. Oh, sisters! And I just watched too. sisters. I've watched the ending. I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. remember the ending here. It's you been know? a while since I've. I, I, that's mm-hmm. with Morgo Kidder, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, it's yeah. been. That's uh, not Brian. The is it Brian the Brian Palma? De Palma? Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Palma's <clears throat> a big, big, like blind spot in my because I thought I love the Palma. Another. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't realize. Yeah. I know Carrie, and that was it. Otherwise, I thought Brian De Palma did stuff like Scorsese. Yeah, well, Blowout's a great fucking movie. I love I that movie. I just saw Blowout. Blowout's for the fucking first. Amazing. I, I've never seen Dress I love to that Kill. Movie. Dress I've to Kill's never, awesome. Never <laughs> seen it. I've never seen. I realize I've never seen any of his movies. So, I just bought a couple of his on Blu-ray. I'm watching them. So I'm I'm, some, I'm happy that I'm going through this right now. It's some of these movies we might talk on talk about I'm on the sure, show. So there I'm you go. Sure we will. So I'm sure we will. That's so. that's good. You know what? It's fun. It's fun. And I'm sure. In the future, in future episodes, you're, you're gonna you're gonna pick something that I haven't seen, and I'll be watching it for the first time, so I can get a you can get a kind of a genuine reaction out of me, you know, of me watching this movie for the first time. So it's it's that's good, and, yeah. and I love personally, I get more excited watching older movies for the first time, yes, because there's just something special there's about something, it, yeah. You know, I feel like a kid again. Yeah, that's. I, <laughs> I feel that's, like I'm young again. That's a better way of articulating that's it. it. Just I feel just like feel a, like a kid, kid again. again. Like, like, oh man, a little kid sitting there, like ten years old. Oh, I'm not supposed to be watching this. <laughs> especially when it's a fun movie. Yes. You know, if it sucks, then you're just like, all right, I see why. <laughs> I see why. Maybe I, I avoided this one, but yeah. Right after a this, fun movie. I watched The Resurrected. Oh, that's a, that's I a ne- good one too. Never saw that, and then I watched The Guardian, and then I watched The Body Snatchers. The, the that re- I never saw any of those. Oh, I watched remake? all of them. Uh, with, the with, third one with Donald Sutherland and no, and, that no. no, no, the bot, no, just Body Snatchers. Oh, Body Snatchers. I'm yes. Trying. Is that the Body Abel S- Ferrera one? Abel Ferrara. Yeah, one, yes. yeah. Okay. I'd never seen that, so I, I watched. That was like the that was this. That's the rabbit hole that this movie. Yeah, put, yeah, that this yeah. one put me down. You that's know? one of the movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. And it'll tie, this will tie into the Sentinel. Uh, that's one of the movies I actually had seen the first time. I was like nineteen, and you know what? You know where I saw it? Same way I saw the Sentinel mm. when I was working at Marquee Video, which was oh, an yeah. old video store that yeah. we live near. You and I back in the well, you don't live near it anymore. It's, it doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. We both live near it, and that was a a, a video store we, we used to go to. Their deal. We were was, some of the last people in yes. there. Yes, literally, we, had, we shot a movie in there, yep. <laughs> so so that that was special because I had worked there. You you'd gone there along for years, right? Mm-hmm. You were going to that video yep. store, and their big deal was like four, four, four for four mm-hmm. bucks. You could rent four movies for four nights. Yep. So I remember 
when I worked there, I had to obviously I got I rented for free so I could rent mm-hmm. whatever the hell I wanted. And you, I was able to take out like five movies at a time. Yeah. And I remember similar to that Body Snatchers movie, the Abel Ferreira one. I rented the Sentinel on VHS mm-hmm. on a whim. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I, I might have rented Rosemary's Baby with it, which is a, f- a very fitting double feature. It does. I, yeah. I thought that watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And, Those and gonna be, that's going to be in my thoughts later. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I saw I was maybe 18, 19 years old when I had seen it for the first time. And it was just when I rented random movies. And I used to rent. I used to literally just go to the horror section. And I'm oh, sure yeah. you remember this video stores horror section. Cause it was towards the front of the register when they right had VHS. There. To, it was, it was a, a I hated giant rack. being right there. I hated it being right there because <laughs> you're sitting there going through the rack and you feel like, especially when you're the only person yeah. in the store, whoever's standing behind you, you feel like they're staring at you. Like, can you just pick something already? Cause they're yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. They're right there staring down that aisle. It's like, dude, you couldn't put it over there or something while dude, I... Dude, <laughs> when it got busy, the line in that video store oh, would, would yes. like... You couldn't would, get to the horror section. You couldn't get... It would just be blocked completely. Yep. And another yep. funny story is when I worked there, because I was there for at least a year, maybe, a year and mm. a half, maybe, I was working there. I remember. I re- it was yeah. like one of your first jobs. <laughs> it was one of my first jobs, yeah. I remember I'd get in trouble because I'd play the most, like, fucking violent <laughs> shit. Like, 20, 30 customers in the store and Cannibal Holocaust is on the team. No, I never played Cannibal Holocaust, <laughs> but I think I remember I played, uh, I think, uh, Zombie one time. And they gave this me shit. This is a classic. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's, it is a classic. To me, it was. It and, and I remember playing it, and they were just like, oh, you Clearly. can't. And they were like, oh, yeah, there you go. You got your poster in the background. <laughs> I just remember them being like, no, you can't play that. It's too violent. This, that, and the third. I was like, you guys had on, like, Mission Impossible or some it shit the other day. Like- with people being shot up and stuff, and that's cool, but I can't put zombie on. But I always, we're not, especially we're not the, putting, yeah, you can't have things through people's eyes. Giant splinters going through yes. women's eyes. You can't play that. Hell, but yeah, dude, I didn't even. And you were, <laughs> and you were in a zombie, a zombie T-shirt unintentionally. unintentionally. I didn't even notice until you said that right now. Uh, but yeah, that video store—that was where I was introduced to a lot of these old movies, and the Sentinel was one of them. And I remember watching it for the first time. And loving it. And then buying like the shitty, like The Wiz or I forget, not The Wiz. The Wiz was already gone by that point. But maybe like Best mm. Buy when they had movies. Yeah. I think I remember buying like an overpriced DVD of it. And I had that DVD for years. That's why mm. I find it weird that you had never seen it. Because I was you hung out a lot. I don't know. It was weird. I was, a, yeah. I was at a different point in life, I think, at that, <laughs> at that age. So God knows. I was always watching shit at home whenever I wasn't hanging out. So yeah. that was kind of the... There was no social media. There wasn't anything else. So I was, it was a, 19, It was a 18. simpler time. Very simpler. So <laughs> that was what time, I did. 2003. <laughs> and, and one of the first things I, I could tell you about The Sentinel when I watched it at like 18, 19 was, you know, the Christina Raines, the lead. She was a babe, respectfully. Mm-hmm. Like that was like that was yeah. one of the first things I remember. Like, wow, this is a very pretty actress. Yeah. In the film, that was one of the first things that I, you know, I was eighteen. Come on, I was I was a young man. You know what I mean? So, yeah. hey. <laughs> so it young is. Man is you know, was, my life. You know, so <laughs> that was that was one of the things that stood out to me. It's like wow, and I remember being a fan of Nightmares, the anthology film, mm-hmm. and she's in that in one of the segments. The cig- remember she goes to buy cigarettes, and the the guys in the oh, back I seat. I don't seen know. That if, in yeah, so that's another movie I love. 
We might cover that in the future too. But she's in that film as well. Was Nightmares the one with Emilio Estevez? Yes, in the video okay. game. Yeah, okay. The, the, yeah. The, That's, the arcade making game. sure I'm thinking of the right movie. Yes, 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 yes. I have I probably haven't seen that since you worked at Marquee. <laughs> there we, you go. Me and Lynn rented it from there because she'd never seen it. And I was like, Yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. It was it was a little too cheesy for me. Yeah. And so it's a I fun remember one. feeling <laughs> I wouldn't I say it's mind blowing. Way. It's not the most mind blowing yeah. anthology film, but it's fun. But yeah, Christina Reigns is in that as well. Very proud of our apartment. It took us a long time to furnish it properly. What do you do for a living? We fondle each other. Uh, but we'll continue rambling. Let's run down some 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 information about the Sentinel. Uh, it was released on February 11th, 1977. So almost, right around Valentine's uh, 25 Day. 25 years to the date, right now. Yes, yes, um, and around Valentine's Day. So that's yeah. an interesting interesting date. Not, there isn't anything about this movie that screams Valentine's Day. No, but that's an interesting date. Very early into 77. Yeah. So. And it predates Halloween, like John Carpenter's Halloween, which is, you know, it's kind of like the gauge. You always, you, you, when it comes to like when horror movies blew up. When horror movies so this really was like, took off, yeah. Yeah, like right before slasher movies became this big fucking thing, like late 70s yeah. into the early 80s. Um, it was directed by Michael Winner, who directed Death Wish 1, 2, and 3, hmm. <laughs> and directed The Mechanic. And a couple of other Charles Bronson movies. Yeah. Like, he was a Charles Bronson guy. He was a Charles Bronson guy. Like, I'm surprised Charles Bronson's Charles not Bronson in, in the, the Sentinel. Sentinel. Like, that's fucking very just strange. You would think that this dude would have cast him in some role because there are a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. We'll get to that in a sec. Um, there are, it's a big, it's an ensemble cast mostly in supporting roles, but. It's, it's an ensemble cast, but almost like it wasn't supposed to be. Because half the cast is classic, TV, I have a like comparison. classic actors, and then the other half are actors who got really big after this. After this, yeah, it's you know? it's weird. So like now we see it as an ensemble. Back then there was a couple of cameos. Now it's yeah. like wow, everybody in the world is in this. You know what this reminds me of, and I and I hate to to bring mm-hmm. it up and say it, but what Rob Zombie does in his movies, yeah, like puts random all of his like, people, like yeah. actors. From back in the day, yes. you know, 70s, 80s, yep. kind of yep. cult actors. And he brings them back for these kind of supporting small roles. Like you think I mean, of his Halloween movie. That's yes. literally what he did. That's why he got Ava Gardner. That's why he got Burgess Meredith. Exactly. They were his favorite actors. And it was you know? funny is Dave and I reviewed Rob Zombie's Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I compared that over on Patreon. And I compared that to it's like a horror convention in yes. movie form. It There's is. just like all these old actors in one space. Mm-hmm. And you're just, oh, I know that. It's Ken Foray. It's this. Yeah. That's kind of what the Sentinel is. Like when it comes to the supporting cast. It's like you recognize a lot of people. Yeah. And like you just said, people that were about to blow up yeah. as like a-list actors yeah, which is what, fucking wild yeah what's his name is now huge jeff daniel phillips and he was nobody before he did rob zombies movies. Well, like rob zombies movies yeah now he's yeah now, you see that, him on commercials now he's and shit. exactly yeah. now he's all over the place yeah. you know wild so um but yeah the sentinel was based on the 1974 novel of the same name uh, i said it before jeffrey konvitz I butcher everyone's name. I, I'll take it, Jesse Con- Convitz. Convitz. Convitz, uh, Convitz. Once, once again, repeating myself, Close co-written, uh, co-wrote the script with Michael Winner, the director. Uh, Dick Smith, 
did all of the makeup effects in this, which is mm-hmm. cool. Everyone, yep. if you're a horror fan, you know who Dick Smith is. Come yes. on now. Yes. <laughs> uh, Godfather. Star, Godfather of, you know. The Godfather. Bef- he pre- he's bef- before Tom Savini, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Because this is 77. What am I yeah. saying? Well, yes. seven, this Dawn is, of the this Dead is about the that. time Tom Savini was, was coming up with Romero. Yeah. yeah. Um, it stars, said her name already, but Christina Reigns mm-hmm. and Chris Sarandon. Who Chris Sarandon. We all, you know, genre, child's play, Fright Night. Mm-hmm. What else? I'm, I'm missing some other stuff. The voice um, of Jack Skellington. The Resurrected. The Resurrected. <laughs> the again, resurrected he's, yeah. he's been in a ton of shit. He does. You know. I'm surprised how many horror movies he's really been in. What's it's the movie? It's really surprising. There's a movie that he plays a creep and he rapes a girl. Oh, fuck. What's the shampoo? Um, not shampoo. Fuck. What's the name of the movie? I forget the name of the movie, but yes, he's hmm. he he's been he was in the game a long time, even up until That's this point. Familiar. Um, there's a movie that he's in. He's he's fucking creepy as fuck in the movie, and he does a fantastic job. I always like Chris Sarandon. Uh, lipstick, lipstick. There, I knew it was like I said shampoo. Lipstick, I was in yeah. the, I was in the ballpark. Lipstick. Yeah, that's a great Margo, fucking Margo movie. Hemingway. Yes, that's a great yeah. movie. I knew it. I had to. I'm I, I'm gonna Dude. I'm gonna be honest. Full full. I had to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I knew what you were talking Dude. about, but I couldn't think of the name either. Chris Sarandon is a fucking huge creep in that movie, and mm. he's great in it. Uh, Susan Sarandon's brother. I don't know if people know that or not. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> when I was young, I thought out. they were married because I just knew no. the name. I thought they were married. He, she's younger than him. He's uh, he's the older of the is sibling. Yeah, I think I he's a he, dude. I looked it up the other day. He's eighty years old, isn't that? Yeah. Or eighty one? Fucking he crazy. Was, he was my first choice for the doctor in Data States. Crazy. He's Which is who a movie I wanted you made. I, just yeah, to not yeah, <laughs> just so yeah. people know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I reached out to him and I never got an answer from his agent, but I actually did try. I dude. tried to. Chris uh, Sarandon. Chris Sarandon is is the man. And, mm-hmm. and funny enough, you. I was reading about just kind of the like behind the scenes, like the the production behind this film. They wanted Martin Sheen in this role. No, no yeah, fucking. It I, wouldn't know, have I heard that never. No way. Yeah, Sarandon was great. Yeah, he's <laughs> he great. He's great. great in this. Um, and Martin I, I was like, been a whole different level of weird. <laughs> because this is a studio film. This is not an independent film. Universal. Mm-hmm. Universal was involved. Uh, some other tidbits. Christina Reigns was a contracted, like she had a contract with Universal, so they kind of mm-hmm. strong-armed her to be in this movie. Yeah. She had no choice. So this was not like a passion project for her. They were just like, hey, you have a three-picture deal or whatever. And this yeah. was when that was kind of ending with actors I because for- that was I old Hollywood. Who, I forget who it was. I learned a while ago who was the last actor to have a contract deal like that. It was a really big actor in the 80s. Someone mm. like Ed Bagley Jr. or something. Oh, he was okay. the last actor that actually still had a, you know, four or five picture deal where they just tell you what movie you're going to be in and you go do it. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy how that's not a thing with actors, but it's a thing with directors now and producers, mm-hmm. if you notice. Directors still yep. get fucking locked in. Like, okay, you have a three picture deal with Sony and you've got to yeah. honor those three pictures before some, you move on. Some Even actors streaming do services. It. Streaming some services the same it. way. Yes, yeah. Some yeah. actors are doing it now, like it's coming back with with, with because Marvel. of like Marvel. Yeah, yeah. You know where you know like Robert Downey Jr.'s in for three movies, and uh, John Johnny Depp was in for three. Mo- you know that's that's the thing. Three movies, the holy trilogy. You know. Yeah, and Christina <laughs> Reigns is the same way. That's why mm-hmm. she's in this film. And I know I'm jumping forward a little bit, but in the like when you listen to the audio commentary with her, mm-hmm. you can tell 
that this wasn't something she was excited yeah. to make. It was Sarandon just, hated moving, using it too. Yes, doing it. it Sarandon yes, hated and, it. And I have, and 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 I'll say it now uh, because Michael Winner as a director was a headache to work with. They what, hated, yeah. hated working with him. Both of them mm-hmm. could not stand the director. Like, couldn't that? stand him. Do you he know was, why that is? Apparently, would yell at them. Was abusive. You know, the huh. guy. I, the guy's dead now. You know, huh. but so you some allegations a, came so out about him. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying allegations <laughs> came out about him years later, like in the last really? few years. Out, yeah, he ended up. He did not seem like a good human. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did not seem like the best kind of person to to be around. And, and you know, there's a lot Maybe of, that's listen. why he worked with Charles Bronson. Cause Bronson was apparently very abrasive. Not that he was an asshole. He was abrasive. Apparently they probably like just on fucking set. screamed at each other yeah, and before they were just every like, take. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get, getting the rocks off. Yeah. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, let's All do right. A action. There you go. So firing guns and yes. shit. Like, uh, <laughs> like what's that, his name? Like Friedkin. <laughs> Friedkin. There you go. So it was a situation where Michael winter was just an asshole. And mm-hmm. both of them, um, hated working with him. I, I believe in, in doing a little research, Chris Sarandon said it's the his worst experience working yeah. on a film. And well, he, he was so much younger and made so many movies afterwards that yeah, he this that, was the worst experience. He said it didn't. Uh, what I read was he said that it did nothing for him personally or professionally. That's and fucking it, crazy. <laughs> and it made him want to quit acting so young he wanted to give up right there he's like if this is what the industry is like i don't want anything to do with it yeah it's like that's crazy. yeah that's crazy and you know if you think about it you know 77 this was shot in 76 i'm sure mm-hmm. different times you know i'm sure producers directors everyone it was, was a scumbag you know what hitchcock I mean? Kubrick, yeah, all of them ridley scott Ridley and Friedkin, all of the big directors. Stanley Kubrick is a known. Did, did, Kubrick. You say, did you say Kubrick? Yes. I was yep. okay. Of course, I say you know yeah, me. Yeah, I yeah, I know. <laughs> right, he's but notorious yeah, for being a fucking pain exactly, in the ass. Exactly. So. It was it was a thing where directors were given a um, unaccountable amount of carte blanche to do whatever the hell yeah. they wanted, yeah. and the studios backed them. You know, and although you really, I don't know, I didn't watch the new movie, but like Marilyn Monroe was one of those, one of those first actresses that was able to push back against that. Yeah. You know, where directors were just, oh, they are everything. They are the king. And that's how, that's how the studios kind of treated them. So that's why a lot of these directors got away with the shit that they did. And producers, both of them, both the directors and the producers. Sometimes the producers are worse. Mm-hmm. The director, Sometimes they so. are, you know, and it was move. It was it wasn't until honestly until RoboCop mm. when things started to really change. A classic. Um, <laughs> the, that's Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, the, fucking love RoboCop. <laughs> of course, I'm just, you'll remember this, but anybody else, the um, uh, 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 the gas station scene when the gas station blows up, when the yeah. guy's robbing him and he blows up, that was such an explosion. Mm-hmm. Like it shook buildings, it blew out windows, and it actually damaged part of the neighborhood. Wow. And there was so much money in damage that the the studio got sued for it. And this is when uh, I think they shot that in Texas. I believe okay. it might have been remember. Arizona. Yeah, whatever. it's supposed to be Detroit. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, no, that the te- the gas station was like oh, the, the gas of, station. Gotcha. Yes, I. They might have you know they shot some in Detroit, a little bit here, a little yeah. bit there, but the gas station itself it was in a desert town like it yeah. was texas or arizona some new mexico maybe um 
and it was such a big explosion and so much damage was was done to the surrounding area that the state actually passed laws of what mm. could and could not be done on a film shoot and that kind of rippled forward to all the other states like well yeah we we you know, like like we got the avengers shooting here every damn weekend we're blowing up buildings you know <laughs> yeah. it's a sort of thing where cities really started to put thought into you know what the studio is what these movies movies like it's a movie why are you destroying real buildings it's supposed to be fake yeah you know and robocop changed a lot of that it also changed that's crazy i didn't know that yeah it changed a lot of sags rules as far as on set safety because of the way they were doing the stunts and the danger of the of the explosions and robocop F- looks like it was a dangerous yeah. movie to dude make. Verhoeven, <laughs> verhoeven went all out man that dude you know yeah. so like eventually he just started getting in so much trouble he's like fuck it i'm just gonna here yeah. tell sharon stone to take her and take her clothes off and we'll just do that that's we'll just stay in the bedroom we'll stop her things open up. her legs in one scene and that's you know, as far as we'll go you know and and you know what in all honesty a long time ago i didn't i never i didn't believe her story i was like how do you not know but then now that i know about how they shoot things and how how yeah. cameras work better and what a yeah. zoom lens can do. Like I'm starting to think that maybe that fucking guy did stick the camera somewhere where like he was 15, 20, you know, like maybe 50 <laughs> feet back and he zoomed in and she had no idea that the lens they were using to get that shot. It's quite possible. She might not have known quite possible. It's possible. It's totally, <laughs> that's what she says. She says she did not know, but wow. now knowing, knowing the amount of trouble that Verhoeven got in and how he went yeah. up, you know, I'm like, he seems like the kind of guy he might have fucking done that. Yeah, you know? no, listen, it's it's but. it's like I said, d- directors, you know, back then got away with murder, yes. and that just seems like, yeah. especially with a movie like this, they just got their way, and that's kind of the whole mm-hmm. point of just uh, the whole point of their experience yes. with Michael Winner as a director. It just mm-hmm. sounds like he was a horrible guy. I'm sure if we like, that way. if we like do some research on maybe like some of the Death Wish movies, I'm sure he mm-hmm. was a scumbag. Some of the actresses, like the female mm-hmm. actors, like the actors in, in that movie, in those movies too. Who knows? We'll have to dive deeper maybe one day into uh, a, another Michael Winner movie. One day. That's another one. I've only seen the first Death Wish, and I saw Damn. it so I saw it so long ago. Yeah. I might as well say I've never seen it because I was I think I was like ten. Those movies, the sequels, are better than the original. Yeah. Like Death Wish yeah. two and three are better than Death Wish one. Like to me, Rambo three is my favorite. Like of like the it. Rambos, part three is my favorite. Most people are like, like this is terrible. I like all the Rambo movies. So all I've the first only, Blood yeah. movies, I love. I've only so. seen the first three. I haven't yeah. seen the new ones, but I'm a fan of all of them. Mm. Uh, but the 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 biggest thing with the Sentinel, back to the Sentinel, mm. <laughs> our little segue there. Uh, the biggest thing I, that always stuck out to me when it comes to the cast in the Sentinel is again, the supporting, yeah. the supporting roles in it, because there's a lot, and I have a list here and I don't have every actor in here because I would just continue fucking, just, it would be this <laughs> there, long fucking thing I'd lot. write. I'd have to type out, but here's the list of, of actors. And I added some, some projects next to some of their names just mm-hmm. for reference. Uh, we've got John Carradine, which mm-hmm. if you're a horror fan, he played Dracula. It's, uh, he's David Carradine's father, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, you've got Ava Gardner, once again, like old Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like she's a very, very well-known actress. Yeah. Michael Winner cast her because uh, from what I read, uh, he said that um, when he went 
I am assuming he lived in. It seems like he lived in New York for I'm a guessing, while. I'm guessing, yeah. And when he was apartment hunting, all of the agents he said reminded him of Ava Gardner. She's great in the movie too. Yes. It's, a, it's not a big role. She is. She's really good, and yeah. and that's why he cast her. He's like every time he saw another another real estate agent, he reminded felt like, that's how Gardner. they dressed. He felt yeah. like they reminded her of Ava Gardner, so he did it. And she was very self conscious. He's like, he said that she always felt like she was a bad actress. And that's, mm, you know, and he was like, are you crazy? <laughs> You're Ava Gardner. Come You're on. Ava fucking Gardner. Yeah, she always felt like she was a bad actress and she always thought she was doing a bad job. I guarantee he treated her great on set. Right. He, she, 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 he probably kissed her ass. Her and Burgess <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of Burgess Meredith, that's uh-huh. the next name on my list. Burgess uh-huh. Meredith, who, come on, who the fuck doesn't know who Burgess Meredith you is? Know? Fucking Rocky. Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Oh. Come on. Burnt, burnt offerings. He's oh been in a bunch. Gosh. He's been in a bunch of shit. Everyone knows Burgess Time Meredith. enough at last. Yeah, he's, he's been a, in a ton of stuff. Yes. Uh, you've got Jose Ferrer, who's a very well-known mm. Puerto Rican actor, yep. who's been in a ton of stuff, too. I think Lawrence of Arabia is one of the big oh, ones. He, yeah. he was, uh, I, I believe he's in that film. Uh, Sylvia Miles. I always remember her from The Fun House. Okay. Uh, the Toby Hooper movie. I believe yes, Toby yes. Hooper, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, then you've got Martin Balsam from 12 Angry Men mm-hmm. and, and Twilight, Twilight Zone, Zone. Is Twilight Zone as well. <laughs> yeah. um, Eli Wallach from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Mm-hmm. You've got William Hickey from, I always remember him from Tales from the Dark Side, the movie with the cat, oh, the cat yes. segment. I didn't see, I didn't know his name. And when I watched it, I, I turned to Lynn and I said, have you ever seen this guy so fucking it's, young before? Yeah, it's William Hickey. <laughs> he's always old and everything. <laughs> Dude, I always remember him from the Tales from the Dark, um, yep, Tales the from the Crypt. Cat. No, the, black, the Tales no, from the Tales Crypt the episode two. Oh, no. yes, with Arnold Schwarzenegger the Arnold as the Schwarzenegger, host. Yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger directed episode. Where he wants to transform his body into a younger person. Mm-hmm. Which and is a remake of a Twilight Zone episode. Oh, I really? Unofficially. Wow. Yes, oh, I didn't even know a, that. There's an episode of the Twilight Zone where you have an old couple that are swapping their bodies to be mm. young again. And by the time the guy finishes his transformation, yeah. they're out of money and she's old. So he's like, oh, I remember that episode. Yes, no, and she yes. says, oh, dude, I'm getting yes. goosebumps because it's yes, such, yes. it's like the sweetest episode ever. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, and and yeah. So at the end of this, at the end when she re- they realize they're out of money and they can't afford it, you know, to transfer her yeah. now, she says, no, it's okay, be be, and he says, no, don't, and he trains himself back because he'd rather yes, be I remember old that and with his wife, and like that just makes my heart yeah. like, oh, my heart grows three <laughs> times this <laughs> Might have to. Cover that one on Anthology Obscura. Oh, forgot about oh. I forgot about that Twilight Zone episode. Yep. That is a good one. <laughs> but yeah, William Hickey is in the in the I guess sort of mm-hmm. quasi kind of remake it, deal. I, yeah, I, I'd have to. I'm gonna look at that. There, it might be a Richard Matheson story. Yeah. And if you watch that, it's knowing Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. he probably wanted to do like a classic story. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the episode says based on story by Richard Matheson. Yeah. Uh, another fun fact about William Hickey is again mm. Nightmare Before Christmas. He was the doctor that built Sally, oh, and then we've got right. Chris, he was, and we've got Chris Sarandon, the voice of oh. Jack Skellington, not yep. the singing voice that's Danny Elfman, but the voice of Jack Skellington. Yeah, is Chris Sarandon. So got a little Nightmare Before Christmas uh, connection in the Sentinel. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Open up, open up, surprise, 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 surprise. Now, I want you to meet Jezebel's other guests. Everybody, listen, listen. That's right. I want you to meet Allison Parker. She's just moved into 2A. 
another name on the list here. It's her debut, her film debut, Beverly D'Angelo, who mm-hmm. everyone knows from the Vacation movies, yep. in a very you- sexy. <laughs> Very kind of uh, that's what I was gonna ask. Sexy you role you there. You said you had first seen it when you were nineteen. You said <laughs> yeah, and you yes. rented it. How did you feel seeing Ms. Oh, Griswold all? I know. Yeah. <laughs> How did that she, make listen, you feel? Respectfully, she was a babe too in this movie. So she was. She, she was, was a babe in all the vacation she was a babe movies. The- yeah. So <laughs> now she's a naked babe. <laughs> yeah. And she's a, a little more than naked in this movie. <laughs> she's, a, she's one of the lesbians. <laughs> yes. We'll talk about that scene a little later. Um, and and I've got the 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 four F four names at the bottom of the list because they're almost blink. Not well, one of these names is not a blink and you'll miss it. But huge actors now. Huge actors. We've got Christopher Walken. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As a detective, as kind of a like one of the main detectives in the film, he doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but it's fucking Christopher Walken, and you can't miss him in this movie. Yes, quite. A very He's young, got like two lines. Young, yeah, very young yeah. Christopher Walken. Uh, you've got Jeff Goldblum, who is for some strange reason dubbed completely overdubbed completely. in this film. <laughs> I have no. I tried to actually Google why. And could I couldn't find I couldn't find anything either anything yeah. as to why he was dubbed. It Everything might be but in the commentary. One, one line apparently, all but one line. That's what IMDb says. says uh, said it was all but one line was overdubbed, and I don't weird why? weird decision to overdub all of his dialogue. And he's in, and he has lines, and he's in several scenes because he's Allison uh, Christina yeah. Rain's character's friend. His name's Jack, and they mention him by name, yeah. so he even has a name. But yeah, it's weird. It's Obviously, it's like Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento dubbing. It's really weird. The, the only, only actor in the whole film that's overdubbed, too. Yeah. The only thing I could think is that they had an issue like like um, like a lot of Italian films were shot totally. Yeah, it was um, loud outside. No, they, silent, well, right? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't even use the sound because yeah. they knew they were going to overdub in so many languages. So either they shot it in that style, which I doubt, or a lot of the scenes he was in, because a lot of them were all photography scenes. There was a whole big crowd of people. Maybe They're outdoors the audio, for most of them, too. Yeah. yeah. So maybe all the audio that his, of his audio just didn't work, and for whatever reason, he wasn't able to come back for the over for the ADR sessions. It's totally possible that they were able that's, to get everybody but him. That's you the know? only thing I'm I actually looking think. up. What was he working? He was working. I'm trying to well, see he was what in else Death he was working Wish. on. He was in Death Wish, so he had worked with, uh, but that with was Michael like, Winter before. Yeah, that was like that was, years yeah. earlier, though. But they, there was to... a connection there, like, I guess, director-actor relationship, because he came back for The Sentinel. So I'm looking at it, and, okay, so he did The Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Immediately after that, in 1977 alone, he did an episode of Starsky and Hutch. Okay. He did Between the Lines, Annie Hall, Thank God It's Friday. Well, he has a really brief scene in Annie yes. Hall because I like and, Annie Hall. And, I've seen and it, Invasion uh, of the Body times. Snatchers. He shot all that within the next year. Well, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, he's a lead character. Yes, he's one yes, of the leads in that That's film. That's what I'm so. trying to say. Yeah. Maybe he just physically couldn't get back for the yeah. ADR session. It's and not they his said, voice at no, all. No, it's clearly not his voice. <laughs> it's clearly, clearly not. not his voice. Yeah, he yeah, has a so very distinct voice. Because he blew up right immediately after this. Yeah. So yeah. it's quite possible he was just too big. He physically couldn't make it for the sessions, for the recording and, and, sessions. And I know we're jumping ahead. When it comes to one of my dislikes of this movie is that they fucking overdubbed Jeff Goldblum. Come on. <laughs> like, I know it was Jeff Goldblum before he was but Jeff it, Goldblum, but it's I one of the things distracting I'm, as shit. I guarantee nobody noticed it until later. 
Probably. Because well, uh, nobody knew who the hell he was. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> they didn't realize it wasn't his voice. It's Listen, very deep. It's yeah. a very deep. It, almost, it kind of reminds me of, um, oh, his name, blanking on his name from uh, Amityville Horror. Um, uh, what's, uh, what's his Brolin? name's father? James Brolin. His yeah. voice. It's got that that deep. It's kind of reminds you. Not that it was James Brolin. It just yeah. has that kind of James Brolin sound. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised deep, if it was like Michael Winner. Oh, and you know, it might director. have been him. Did it himself. <laughs> ADRing. Did it himself. ADRing is one of his actors. <laughs> Fucking. It, it's honestly, it's one of the things that drives me crazy about this movie. And I know it's something small, but. I th- I'm, I'm assuming they had no choice and they had mm-hmm. to overdub him. It's just distracting. That's really every time his character pops up, it's like obvious. Yeah, it, it, it sticks is. out. Clear, clear. Uh, the last two names on this huge list of actors that are in this film, uh, you got Tom Berenger, who pops up at the very end. Mm-hmm. You know, Major at the very League. end, <laughs> Mr. As Major a new, yes. As a new, uh, the substitute, wasn't that him as well? Yes, my, my yes. hangover can begin. I'm done drinking. There you go. Um, yes, at the very end of the movie, Tom Berenger uh, wants to rent out the home that mm-hmm. that Allison yep. uh, lived in originally. Um, and the last name on this list that I'll pop up that's in a 100% blink and, you miss it. Blink and you'll miss it is, is Richard Dreyfus. Yep, he's Early, just an extra... Early in the film, and this is like 77, so Richard Dreyfuss was a big deal at this point. Which means he was literally visiting set. He was visiting someone on set and said, hey, let me go (laughs) walk on by. And you, dude, it's so funny because when you watch... You're like, that who the fuck is shot? that? Dude, you know. <laughs> you see him? You see, I believe it's 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 Christina Raines, like her character leaves... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, I think she's with Ava Gardner, I believe. Maybe not. Yeah, I she think it's leaves. when she's first looking yeah. at the apartment. I think it's that scene. And the camera pans, right? <laughs> and there's a woman wearing red. Mm-hmm. And the camera, st- trust me, that shit, they knew what they were doing. Yep. They, it stops for a split second, mm-hmm. and it's fucking Richard Dreyfuss just standing yep. there, like, hitting on this girl or talking to her or whatever. It's so random. It's so fucking it crazy. <laughs> it is. They knew it was him. And he's just, because they knew they, like, let's get Richard Dreyfuss in there. Yeah. And then uh, when you think about it, this is 77. So this is like after Close Encounters of the Third Client, kind mm-hmm. after Jaws. Yeah. Like, it's, he's a big deal. He's just. Yeah, he's standing there, standing there, hitting on some girl. Blink yeah, I, and you'll miss it, Richard Dreyfus. There he but, is. I guarantee he did. He came to set to visit someone, and he was just hanging out. And like, you know what? Hey, hey, whatever. <laughs> I'll do you guys a solid and just fucking stand here. And I'm sure no one noticed for years until the internet was created, and that's where like fans were like, "Hey, Richard Dreyfus is right there." Mm-hmm. That's probably when people started to notice it because I don't see anyone in 1977 on like a film print in the movie theater noticing Richard Dreyfuss just standing there. Yeah. So that's just a fun fact. And it's yeah. funny because now when you Google trivia about this movie, that's like one of the first like trivia mm-hmm. facts you see is that he's in a blink and you'll miss I a cameo. It, I did it just now. Cause I wanted to see, I wanted to see the shot again yeah. just to like, cause I could look up. He's sitting on a girl there. It's totally. And it's um, him. And they they, a, they 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 pan a bit. They they, yeah. they frame it in a way where they want to show that it's Richard Dreyfuss. Mm-hmm. They want you to he's see. Face, he's almost facing the yeah. camera. Yeah, uh, and but you can't there, miss it. I see a video here by somebody else, uh, some other some other person, mm-hmm. um, and their main cover is showing the same thing. Call back to the beginning of this conversation that they did the same thing with uh, Robert Duvall in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ah, he's a priest. Okay. He's a priest on the swing in the beginning. In the he's just there. 
Interesting. And he just he's just there. <laughs> it's just crazy that these big actors would do something like that. Like that's crazy. Like this is it's, wild. When you you know, what, I mean, wild. dude, that that's how body bags got made. Yeah, you're they right. Because you know what it is? They're all working on the same sets. They're all working in the studio. Yeah. So when they're shooting something like that's literally how Carpenter did body bags. Like they were shooting in the studio at night. They were shooting overnight, and he said, well, I know this guy's over there. Let's see how that's how they got. Let's uh, just bring him over. And that's what they did. The <laughs> like Carpenter's, the morgue stuff, him playing yeah. the, the coroner, that was shot in the lobby. They it looks lobbyish yeah, when you look they, at the if, scenes. When you watch him, it again, it's like, around, sh- yeah. Yep. They just <laughs> brought set pieces into the lobby and shot it overnight when the studio was closed. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Listen, it's kind of it's like guerrilla filmmaking. Even mm-hmm. though at the these guys are all established, yes. But it's just it's just crazy how these big actors, just like hey, I'll, I'll hang out in the background mm-hmm. in this that's obvious cameo, I'm, like like me at Taco Bell. Well, I'm here, so yeah. <laughs> might as well, might, might as well as take well. part in this fucking crazy. Give me a burrito, run the camera. <laughs> But yeah, I always. But yeah, I always love the cast in this movie. I always thought it's a, that it's crazy, it's monstrous uh, how many dude. actors are in this film. And I, and I have in this film, and I have a feeling it's because Universal, and I'm pretty sure that's why Universal was just like, hey, let's get a mm-hmm. bunch of these. You know, golden era. These and they actors shot in New York. Yes, back. and they yeah. shot in New York too. So, so back then, New York or L.A., you were going to run into actors. That was, it was the place they to were be there exactly. for making they movies were, yes. and doing all that. They were Not already like it there. Today. It was easy. <laughs> That's why I say Richard Dreyfuss was probably just hanging out. Mm-hmm. They were over here shooting in Queens, and he's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll just stand here. I'm gonna uh, be here." <laughs> but yeah, that that's always that might have even been lunch, and they ran the camera. Yeah, <laughs> like fuck it, whatever. Let's just he get was it. legitimately hitting on that girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i i always love that about this movie and i remember seeing it for the first time that was something that always stuck out to me is just mm-hmm. all the actors in yeah. this film both old actors and up-and-coming actors or actors yep. i was familiar with because these are actors i'm seeing in movies yes. now yep you know People so got big yep. you think about it you know christopher walken and jeff goldblum <clears throat> Are, like you see them in tons of shit now and They're growing everything. up i saw them and i can mm-hmm. name so many films that i love with christopher walken and jeff goldblum yeah they're you know so it's just wild to see these actors when they were up and coming and then these other actors who are a lot older kind of you know in the twilight years of their career in yeah. a way you know so kind of crazy and burgess meredith at this point was was in the rock rocky yes. films so yes, he, he was, was still very relevant well, no this was before rocky Right? No, this I, was the after first Rocky. Was, no, was it? This I was after. The f- yeah, this was around. Rocky, I think was it Rocky, Rocky seventy eight. No, I think Rocky was like seventy three, dude. It was so, a lot earlier. Yeah, what? Yeah. This might have been Rocky. This might have been Rocky three or Rocky no, two. No, Rocky three was the eighties because Hogan was in and he was already big. Maybe eighty, but I yeah, think Rocky the, Rocky two yeah. was huh, being I got worked my years on. Wrong. I'm pretty sure. So this was like Burgess Meredith, you know, during yeah. those those. Like still in the zeitgeist of Hollywood and popping up in relatively large, successful films, you know. Uh, but I always love that about about this movie. Just all the actors that pop up and in and out. And a lot of them are not in a lot of scenes. Like Ava Gardner's maybe in three scenes in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Burgess they Meredith. They just shot her back to back yeah, to back. Burgess Rocky Meredith. Was 76. Yeah, there you so go. It was the oh, year 76. before this. There you go. So, three um, was 82. 
And there you part go. two was 79. Yeah. So there okay. you go. So yeah, Burgess Meredith was He was in, already and, and yeah, again, he, Twilight Zone. He was in Twilight yeah. Zone fifteen years earlier. He it's was Burgess already Meredith. here. Yeah. Fifteen like, now. Twilight Zone was sixty seven. That was really that was early that was early mid to late sixties, if I remember correctly. Fifty nine to sixty three. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Fifteen years. About fifteen so. years before. Yep. Yeah, but he was in. He's been in the game a long time. At this point, he had been acting for probably fucking twenty something years. He yeah. had to have been, you know. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's always been something to me. That's been just kind of mind-boggling. Just how many actors it, are in this movie? It's just yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, how did this? The luck of this. How did this yeah. happen? And which is really funny because uh, 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 the lead girl and popped out of my head, um, Christina Raines arguably had the lesser of all the careers. Yeah. She was, I mean, she did a lot of stuff. She did a lot of TV. She did a lot of that. But Chris Sarandon is a household name. Jeff Goldblum is a household name. Will Christopher Walken. These are household names. Christina Raines, who? Dude, Beverly 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 D'Angelo was just in Violent (laughs) Night, which just came out late last year. Yep. So like it's crazy yeah. when you when you think about it's it. It's crazy just, how that worked out. That, she, yeah, that the lead had, had the lesser. I, she did a lot of TV though, because I remember yeah. I remember her in TV and like Lifetime style movies. A very very beautiful woman. So yes. I'm sure she wasn't hurting. Yes. No, no, she was <laughs> after doing very the well. Sentinel. You trying to say so. just because she looks good, she's gonna be a no? <laughs> she was actually. I love her performance. Listen, in don't this let movie. me get the woke mob on you. No, no, right? no, no. I'm gonna Listen, call Twitter. <laughs> I I will say this. She is good in this movie, and like. I I said I like her in yes. um in Nightmares she's, as well dude, which is she's another gorgeous. horror film. She's, she's a very gorgeous Absolutely woman. Absolutely gorgeous. And yes. you know again the she's entire the only one who didn't get naked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she didn't need that. I didn't I didn't need that. She I didn't need, need that to. in this movie. She didn't need to. <laughs> we had enough of Beverly D'Angelo no, naked in this, in this movie Ooh, but Miss Griswold, um, <laughs> excuse me. But yeah, that's kind of just always always stuck out to me is is the cast. It's just yes. it's phenomenal and I think I think when people that know about this movie, because I don't think it's mm-hmm. talked about enough, that's one of the things they talk about is the yeah. cast. Hello? What do you want from me? Who are you? So the Sentinel follows Allison, Christina Raines, who is a model based in New York City. And she has a history of suicide because as a teenager, she witnessed her father having a three-way with like prostitutes or something. Excuse me, and, sir. <laughs> yes. Very, very odd scene. And, and in a fit of rage, the father decides to insult and beat her which is what triggers her to want to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous. I saw my dad doing a three-way. Oh, he slapped the shit out of me. Now I want to kill myself. Yeah. It's, and, 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 and it plays into Something's the missing films. in that translation. Yes. Yeah. It, it, you know, we, we see that in flashback, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really... The suicide aspect plays into the ending. Great effect. Oh, man. What the happens, effects look great. Yes. But the reason why she wants to kill herself isn't fully fleshed out. To no. me, at least. No, it's not. It's really yeah. not. Um, and, and, you know, she's still dealing with the trauma from her past, even as an adult, um, after her father dies of cancer. Her father dies in this kind of 
it wakes all this trauma back mm-hmm. up in her. Uh, and with these issues comes all kinds of kind of personal problems between her and her lawyer boyfriend, Michael Chris Sarandon. Is he a lawyer? I thought he was a therapist. He's I don't know why I got the th- he's a he's lawyer. I don't know why I got the thought yes. he I don't know why I got the thought he was a therapist. No, he's a, he's a kind of okay. a flashy, good looking John Waters mustache oh, wearing lawyer. You know, and he's dude, he's a fucking stud in this movie. The dude, dude mm-hmm. listen, she's good Chris looking. Sarandon, but my Chris Sarandon, Chris Sarandon's a he's yeah. he is a sex he is a sex man. It's uh, as a heterosexual male, I will say he is a stud in this Chris movie. Chris Sarandon would get it. Yes. Chris Sarandon would get and it. And he's a stud in, in fucking yeah. child's play and he's He a didn't get naked either. <laughs> he's a stud in Fright Night. So Chris Sarandon kept all his clothes Chris on. Sarandon, I'm disappointed. <laughs> Chris Sarandon is a stud in this he is. film. He is. And I, I do we, we said it earlier, but I, I love his performance in this goddamn movie. Yes. Uh, but yes, Michael, Chris Sarandon, wants to live and marry Allison. And she's constantly refusing this because she wants to live alone because of mm-hmm. all these issues she has. She isn't ready. To she live. needs she needs some me time. Yes, exactly. Because of all these fucking yes. personal. She needs some me time. She needs a little personal space. She needs to figure this out because, you know, things are moving a little fast for her. And she's like, all right, all right. I have a lot of a lot of family drama, a lot of this. And I yes. kind of need some of my own personal space. That doesn't mean we're done. Just. Yeah, they're very loving. They're all yes, over they each are. other. They Every are. scene, yes. kissing, making yeah. out. They're hanging out with yeah. his friends he's not, and her friends. He's not very happy she's living on her own. But, I mean, who would be? Suddenly your yes. girlfriend decides, you know, you're, you're about to propose. And she's yes. over here like, look, I, I, I'm going to go rent a place in, in Queens. And <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to go Brooklyn. rent an apartment it's in Brooklyn. 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 That's right, Jackson Heights. Jackson Brooklyn. Heights, yes. You know, it's, Is it Jackson it's, Heights? It's Brooklyn Heights. Brooklyn Heights, okay. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. Before I get into that, I do want to say one thing about the Michael character is mm-hmm. they de- they play him up as a shady character in the yes. film because his wife killed herself mm-hmm. while his ex-wife or he's widowed killed yes. herself because of some issues. So <laughs> they he's do got, play he's up. Got he's, a, he's, he's got an air of suicide around. Yes. Him. Yes. So they play it up. I will admit it's not fully fleshed out. <laughs> But he's got a history of dealing with women that suffer from depression. I so. feel like I, f- I mean, obviously spoilers. This is a 45 yes. year old movie. Yeah. You know, I don't even I, give the warning at this point. At the yeah. Top well, of yeah, the I got, yeah. Like, like, like even the shows that I listen to, if they're talking about a movie I haven't seen and I know that they do spoilers for the most, I won't listen until I, I'll go watch yeah. the movie and then come back. So yeah. let's hope everybody's watched it. But in the end, when he's when he's now dead and he's damned to hell yeah and um he says to her you know it's because i killed the priest and then i i keep missing the line i wanted to go back and watch it with the subtitles on but he says something about his wife yes what do you know i don't remember yeah he says i don't remember he says something about his wife and and uh I, i said i wanted to go back and watch it again and i just didn't i just just didn't have the time. It's um, it's in, it's an interesting performance because I think they wa- so he's a red herring. They want you to think he's involved, he and I think they were trying to go like the Rosemary's Baby route where he was involved mm-hmm. the entire time. But then you find out that he wasn't involved, and he means well. He's trying to figure out what's going on yeah. in this apartment building. You know, so it's. It's an interesting performance in just the way that he, execute, he executes it as an actor. And then you have this mm-hmm. investigation with these two detectives. 
but it's implied that he's up to no good. And I will admit, I don't know if we ever get any concrete set in stone answer if he actually is shady or not. I took it, and I know I'm jumping ahead here a bit, but I took it that he was innocent and he means well and he was trying re- to help her. Well, I'm reading it right now. Mm-hmm. And I did, because I said I had to look it up. Yes. Uh, the now dead Michael, who indeed hired Brenner to kill his wife. So there you go. He is up to no good. But He, he did hire uh, the, uh, yeah. But I think with the Chris, the, uh, the Christina Raines, Allison character, I think he does mean well. I think Doesn't he mean, does too. I don't think he's a good person. He's a shady person. He's still a shady but guy. But he's yes. done some shady shit. Yes, he did. Yeah, but yes, he did. And that is, he does. I thought he said something about his you, wife in I'm that I'm glad line. you pulled that up. So he yes. does, because he has a friend who's like an ex-detective who exactly. is corrupt. Him. He yeah. hired him to kill his wife and make it yes. look like a suicide. So yes. that's why he goes to hell. That's why when it comes to that priest, he's so apt to just strangle him because I've already killed one person who I kind of yeah. cared. You don't mean shit to me. You know? and I, and, but he does care about Allison because never once in the film he do really I does think, seem to. Do I, I never once in the movie do I think he is out to harm her. It, yeah. they, they, well, which is an which is an interesting. I don't think he does choice. either. I don't it's know, interesting. I don't, you don't see too many movies where the person is shitty, truly, truly like he's and trying, evil. really trying to help. Yeah, and he's really trying. He, he goes above and beyond. Yeah, you know, and I know but we're, I we're, we're think, stopping this in the middle of the synopsis, but he mm-hmm. does because he he breaks into the the church to get information. Yeah. He does all kinds of stuff because he wants to help her. Well, That's finish what the I synopsis, and I'll go into where yes. where I'm thinking. Go ahead. So yeah, so again, she wants to live alone. She she talks to this uh, rental agent, Ava Gardner, um, and she she you know she helps her find this brownstone apartment in Brooklyn Heights, and quickly uh, quickly in this apartment building, she meets these other strange and eccentric tenants that also live in this brownstone, um, and there's also a blind priest that lives in the top apartment. That just stares out of his window. He doesn't do anything else but sit there How does and he stare. See anything? <laughs> yes, what does he look at? <laughs> he's looking at nothing. He's just what staring he out the window. And she questions it. She I questions it. One. Yeah, she questions it, but it doesn't really. She literally yeah. says he's blind. Brushes he o- it brushes well, over. That's it. Over. She just says, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know, he does plan to the ending. Now, night after night. You know, Allison starts suffering from insomnia, paranoia. Uh, she has these weird interactions with all of the neighbors in the apartment building. And she's got this strange, weird vision of her abusive dead father basically attacking her. And she stabs him and kills him. And it's bloody and grotesque. Cuts his in nose a, off. Yeah, yeah. It's, she stabs him <laughs> in the shoulder, the nose. Yeah. He's gross looking. In a nutshell, because I don't want to go on forever. Allison begins to suffer a nervous breakdown living in this apartment building. Concerned, like we discussed a second ago, Michael investigates the history of this apartment building and people that have lived with it, lived in it and all that stuff, and the priest that lives in it currently, the blind priest, and discovers that the priest that, that lives in there lived a normal life. He was a normal civilian, I guess. And tried to commit suicide and became a member of the clergy. And there's a series of people. He finds these files. Michael finds these files of people 
who followed in that those same footsteps that they wanted to kill themselves and became a nun or a priest. And he finds Allison's Allison is on that list and she's the next person yep. to kill themselves and become a member of the clergy. Tomorrow. In a, yes. In a nutshell, and I don't want to get into the ending just yet, Michael goes to the brownstone, confronts the blind priest, like you said, tries to strangle him, but is killed in the process because there's this other priest who kind of watches over the blind priest. Yeah. And we learn in this interaction that the building is actually a gateway to hell. Oh, angel of God, my guardian, please help me. Allah Milton all by himself. Yes. Allah Milton. <laughs> so yeah, a lot, a lot of paradise lost. Yes. Uh, a lot of paradise lost quotes in here that honestly feel very random. Like they make sense in the context that they are, but it's like, why paradise lost? Like, did you, I almost feel like you didn't want to just research the actual Bible for stuff like this. And you know I'm what? glad you're mentioning this but, because this is like your area of expertise. You're very good bit. with this type of stuff. So yeah. it, and I'll, even me, someone who doesn't know as like, knows about the Bible and stuff like that as mm. well as you do and those type of things, like just religion and occult and stuff, I will admit the movie doesn't follow up with some of the hell shit. You know, it, it's it's, it's really surface level. It, extremely. Yeah. It's extremely surface level, especially for the time that it came out. Yeah. Because at the time, I mean, well, Rosemary's Baby was way older than this. But the Exorcist had just killed a couple of years earlier. The Omen yes. came out the year before this. Yes. And most of the reviews of the movie were talking about how they literally just took pieces of The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby and The Omen and they crammed it together and made this empty movie. Most reviews didn't care for this at all. They called it very derivative. Yeah. You know? Um, and you know what? I can I can see that. I can totally see it. I definitely see the Rosemary's Baby, but that could literally just because we're shooting in a brownstone. We're shooting in a huge apartment in New York City. In New York, yeah. Yeah, so you're going to get the Rosemary's Baby theme uh, um, uh, f- vibe to begin with. Um, and there's a couple. Uh, you got but, the couple. But, You've but got oh the weird man. neighbors. Dude, there's a, listen, say, there's a Listen, there's a lot of, a lot of, of the Sentinel... And that's why I said it earlier. This would like I'm pretty sure I rented these movies together. Mm-hmm. I think they I think this works well, even though I know they're different it filmmakers, does. everything, but it works well in addition to like a, a double feature of it totally Rosemary's does. Baby and the Central. There's just so many parallels between the two movies. Yeah. Rosemary Rosemary's Baby does it better, well, but there's even stuff in Rosemary's Baby that is surface level too when it comes to the Satan shit. It is you know a little I mean? bit. It is yeah. a little bit, but I also feel like Polanski is one of those filmmakers that purposely leaves some things a little vague so you can kind of interpret. Like even of even in The Ninth Gate, there's so yeah. much that's purposely unanswered in The Ninth Gate because he's he kind of lets you fill it in. You know, Ambigu- being ambiguous with certain plot it points totally works. Hundred percent. You, know? you don't need everything kind of laid yeah. out for you in a movie. You know, we we joke around like Halloween. Originally, it's straightforward. It's he wasn't it supposed to be anything. He no. was just the boogeyman, evil, you know. But then they made they gave yeah, him. He's just a shape. Fucking, it. They gave him a backstory, yeah. and it started to fucking fall apart. So Halloween, like, like the, movie, the strangers, you don't yes. know who or why. They just are, and that's it. Being ambiguous kind of helps, and yes. I can see that with Rosemary's Baby, and with this movie, 
I feel like they tried to explain a little bit more, and that's mm-hmm. why even in my synopsis, and I completely we didn't get into the ending just yet, but there's a lot of moving parts with the plot. It's because you've got it's, this, you've got it's this. because there's so many elements yeah. in it to kind of define this whole. While there was a there's a sentinel who who stands guard over the gates, and well, well, but they're humans, so how do we chance for yes. a new one every time they die? You know, so you have to kind of get into that. But yes, the the lore and, is very very shallow. And even the Michael character, and we went off on our little tangent there in the middle of the uh, synopsis. That entire subplot mm-hmm. could be removed. And I love that subplot, Probably. by the way. A good portion I of like it, yes. it. You can remove a good chunk of that and the movie wouldn't well, be affected in any way. It'd just be, I mean, it'd be 15 minutes shorter. Because think of, about it. Well, you meet Christopher Walken and you know, it's, 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 you yeah, could but, easily kind of get rid of that. Yeah, but Michael's the one that uncovers the final portion of the mystery michael's the main character of this movie yeah, he's really the lead yeah. so he really uncovers the whole thing with the church and yeah. and the the succession of the sentinels yeah. so you couldn't remove him entirely it's not like <laughs> the classic joke of you can take indiana jones out of raiders of the lost ark and nothing would be different you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you could take him out and nothing would change it's not it's not quite that much, but like, but because he does, does the dead the, wife, does, him being a widow, yeah, all of that, yeah, that could of, be removed. It doesn't need it, but like we went into it right now when we talked about the synopsis, like what, what happens I, in the that's film. That's where I was going to go with it earlier, and it's like it. It in reality, if you would have removed that his ex, mm-hmm. his 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 previous wife killed herself. Yeah, it's un, it's but but what that does is what I was going to say earlier. I said I'll you know let you finish that. Here's what yeah. I. What, the thought where I went in my head is, like you said, he's a genuinely helpful guy. Yeah. He's really trying to help. He really trying to care. But um, I feel like so. And his his previous wife had suicidal tendencies, and he had her killed and looked like a suicide. Now this he's with this girl now, and she also has suicidal tendencies. Does that kind of imply that? He's one of those guys that I wouldn't necessarily say praise on like a damaged woman, but mm. is kind of attracted to it because of Possibly. almost almost the level of control that he might be able to exert on her and be kind of in charge of her life because she needs someone to kind of take care of her, even if it's just mentally. Because you see when she now that she's kind of on her own and she's living in herself, he becomes very protective. He wants to know what she's he wants is, yeah. you know, he's always showing up at the apartment. He's always kind of encroaching All of that, on I think, is. It's total character development. Yeah. It's, per, it's sheer character development, giving you a lot of who he is. But in that same, in that same layered cookie, that same yeah. layered cake of, of shallow, um, shallow religiosity. Yeah. You could you could have totally made his character just as shallow without all of that backstory, and it wouldn't have changed it. I do agree with you on it's, that. It's it's funny too because in the comment, like when you when you listen to the commentary track, and mm-hmm. we 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 didn't discuss what version of this we watched yet, but we'll do that at the end when we talk about the extras. Um, when you listen to the commentary track, Christina Rains even says that she's a prop uh-huh. in the movie. She, she goes, "Oh, I'm just a prop." She kind of and is. think and like I've seen this movie a bunch of times. If you think about it. 
early in the film, you're following Allison. Mm -hmm. You see her on, on sets, modeling. You meet Michael, right? Michael vanishes and he goes does. away on business, uh -huh. right? And he's not in a bunch of scenes while she's being tortured by the neighbors and all the weird shit she's going through. You know, then he reappears and she kind of takes a back seat and is just bedridden, sick, popping pills. Mm -hmm. And you're following Michael doing all his investigation. Yeah. So it's just an interesting structure in the story and how it kind of balances that way where she's the focus. Then it switches to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he, I think, she becomes less important. Again, in reality, it's sad uh, to say that it does. Towards the end of the movie, the, like I say, the mid to last act, she does kind of become, and she says it herself, yes. a prop in yes. the movie. I, I think so. that's a side effect of Michael's character. The yeah. fact that he is kind of this really controlling thing. We spent so much time showing how he's, I guess, fighting with his controlling nature, where he's trying to keep control of her without making it obvious otherwise because yeah. you know if you try to grab her she's going to try to run that kind of yeah. you know so he and can't he can't hold too hard so i think that the writer may have realized that he created this super controlling character yeah and as long as he's in the picture she can't go through what she goes through yeah because he would have been showing up constantly he would have always been there and she wouldn't have been alone long enough mm -hmm. to go through those bouts of paranoia and insanity so they literally had to take him out of the otherwise the story couldn't progress because oh, no, he's so like he's so just on top of her i guarantee and he's got people watching her at this point like people are reporting to him no for sure yeah you know? <laughs> i guarantee this translates better in the novel Possibly, probably. Yeah, I'm sure they allow, like, you go into greater detail on his backstory, what happened. And you know, you know how that, you know how it is yes. when you, when it's a, based on a novel, they're basically just Look, cramming turn, 500 pages into exactly. 90 95 pages. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I was it's say, like, you turn a 500 page novel into a 90 page script, so you're going to lose some stuff. <laughs> I'm sure it lost tons of exposition sure and scenes and stuff. And that's probably why. It just didn't translate well in the script. Yeah. I think it works. It does. It I, totally I works. like the I subplot. I like the subplot of the detectives investigating him and you kind of follow them a little bit and it adds kind of a detective story to the film as well. Christopher Walken's in those scenes. That's always fucking good. You know, so for me, it's like it it it, it works in that way where it it kind of takes the focus away from from Allison. Mm -hmm. And even Michael, and you're like, wait, this guy Michael might not be who he who he says he is. He might be fucking sinister. He might be something she, Allison doesn't even know about. You know what I mean? So I, I do like that, and I think it, I think it works, and I think yeah, it it does it adds to the movie. And I honestly, when you're watching the movie, even if you know he killed his or he hired someone to kill his wife. You're still kind of Which rooting you, for I mean, him. Like you literally <laughs> I, see. But the thing is, like I said, you're rooting for him because I watched it twice and I still wanted to go back and listen because I couldn't catch what he said. So he yeah. says it, but he doesn't like it's so quick. You don't like yeah. I, you could. I watched it twice. It doesn't in the make last an impact. Week, and yeah. And I didn't I really didn't wasn't sure until Again, I just looked it up. I, 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 I dare anyone to watch this movie. Without us telling, like you know, if we, if you didn't know that information, and when you're watching it, you're yeah, well, obviously, but yeah, you're watching it where you're you're rooting for this character yes. and for him because he's he you're watching him investigate but, what but the hell's the going on with his time, girlfriend. But at the same time, he is a clear red he herring. Is, yeah, he like is. you oh, watch sure. him, like there's something up with this guy, yeah, and yeah, he sure. does totally become a red herring. 
you oh, know, for sure. but, yeah. but, but it's done purposefully enough where you where like by the end of the movie, you're like, he was drilled, just trying to help her. But during the course of the film, he you're does, sure he's doing something. He's corrupt in some way. For yes. Sure, you're for sure, sure something's up with him, you know? Um, and, and, you know, in the end, and we, we should might, we might as well just jump into the ending really quick uh, and just talk about that. In the end, we, we basically learned that this apartment building is a gateway to hell mm-hmm. and they need a, a, a member of the clergy to sort of be the gatekeeper of this gate and prevent these demons yes. from escaping and entering our world. So you learn that all these neighbors that she says she They're has demons, Allison yeah. were actually all demons, which is and I incorrect, think, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know? It's back to that surface level. Yes. You yes, know, it's incorrect, they, but, <laughs> and I will say like cinematically visually when, when the ending of the film happens and Michael enters the house and Allison's there and the priest is there, the blind priest and all this. And we see him with the cross mm-hmm. visually dude with the, they used deformed people yep. as the demons. They literally you know, found people from ho- from a local hospital, yeah, which yes. is insane. And and yep. you and when you see the, the like when you watch this movie, if you've never seen it, oh, you'll see it's that's, fucking crazy. I did. I, did. Yeah. I watched it. I was like, "That's not makeup." As soon as no. the guy with the big lip, I was like, yeah. oh, that's not that's makeup." Real. That shit's yeah. hanging and moving. Like, nope, that's not makeup. Wow. I was. I said, "We're in freaks right now." Yeah, we're in freaks. We got literal yeah. people with actual medical deformities to be in this scene, and, and I, I would never do this today. I never, would I could, never do this today. I would, I would. But they because, would never. <laughs> no, 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 nobody. But I would do it. I, I feel there like you it's. You know why? You know why? Because even because because it's one of the. You know why they they wouldn't do it simply because you're kind of degrading them and you're and you're using these people's yes, deformities. Yes. That's why they wouldn't. But at the same time. You know what? They there are there are people with medical deformities who want to be actors who cannot be You're giving actors. them work. Yeah. I'm giving them You're work. Giving them I'm work. putting them. Crispin Glover does it. All his yeah. short films yeah. are all people with Down syndrome and yeah. and learning disabilities and and he like like none of them work else otherwise. No, but yeah. all, he's only made like three or four films, but they're all yeah. people who are people they're disabled it's effective it works at the very end of it the is movie. effective but yes that is the problem that people you're using them as props yeah. as literal props to be hideous yeah. and you know? you know and the ending the way it plays out just kind of Bur- burgess meredith is I, I would call him like the head demon he's mm-hmm. the ringleader of this yeah. group what i and, and that's another performance i kind of want to highlight here because early in the early in the movie he's when great. he introduces he's himself so great yeah, he's, he's fucking phenomenal. He's so great. It's like two different performances. Yes. He, he, he's so much fun. He's eccentric and weird. He's got his cat Jezebel and his fucking mm-hmm. stupid little bird on his, his shoulder. His little bird, uh, Bartholomew, and he's just, I think. Or? Yeah, Bar- Bartholo- Bartholomew. Is it Bartholomew? Right. I, think, I think so. <laughs> Something like um, that. He's, you know, there. He's all chipper with her, and he's all, you know introducing her to people in the building and mm-hmm. he's telling her, Hey, if you ever need anything, I'm there for, you know, I'm here for you, whatever. He's really friendly, really kind of animated and yes. innocent. He's just an innocent old man. That's even, bird I think likes she, his, the bird, yeah. his bird likes his belly scratched. Yeah. He likes and his like, belly rubbed. 
I'm pretty sure she entered like when I, there's a picture of him in her in her apartment, mm-hmm. and Michael sees the picture and she she's like, oh he's just harmless, and then by the end of the movie yeah. he's like a priest for Satan, like he's just but he still has that same tinge of the same yes, person. Yes, he yes, still yes, has yes. that same like ridiculousness. To way his more sinister though. Way he more is si- way he's a lot you know sinister. What? It's it's he's a lot more sinister. It's one of those performances where it really depends on what he's saying to. Yeah. Yeah. Like the physical words he's saying will depend whether he's being a good person or a bad person. <laughs> it's great because he yes, turns it on it and off in the it movie. Does. So does. like the way the way he is with her when we first meet him in the movie with the bird and the and the cat, he's completely different by the end of it. Com- yeah. It's a com- like he, I see what you're saying, but he also is like that one shot of him where he's like all he's the sinister are, versus. Yeah, for sure. Versus um, he was like a he's it's it's that. um carnival barker yeah, yeah kind of thing you know where he's very fun and everything but he can turn it on you you know he, the, that's what I, the, the reason why people like people are afraid of clowns for the same reason yes yes you i'm know? confident to say he's probably the one of the best one of the best things one of the best he, actors uh, yes best things yes in general movie, when it comes clearly. to favorite things in this movie mm-hmm. he is one of my favorite things his yeah. performance is one of my favorite things and because you know, even some of the others, like the Beverly D'Angelo character, like the lesbians. The that, lesbians. A lot of these How scenes, many, they just call them the lesbians. They just call them the lesbians. That's it. <laughs> but a lot of these characters, very David Lynch, David Lynchian, kind of strange. The Before birthday party David for Lynch the too. yeah, Racerhead like was like right here, right at this time. Yeah, and they, these scenes come off as something pulled out of Twin Peaks. It does. You know what I mean? Just strange. They have a birthday party. You know, Allison wanders into a birthday party for a cat. I have and all the neighbors that. are there, and they're just weird. And one some one of the couples used to live in the building, and they're there now. The lesbians, Burgess Meredith, they're having a party for a fucking cat who's wearing a who's wearing a party hat. That's some Andy Warhol <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> it's just it's just so odd. The, yeah. the scene where Allison meets the lesbians, and Beverly D'Angelo just starts masturbating in front of her. You know what I mean, and and, and they're just supposed to be. She's they they expect Allison to be cool with it too. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, whatever. She's just you know fucking rubbing one out in front hey, of you. Look you, at know? It. I, you know what? I felt like it. It's my <laughs> yeah. place. I can do what I want. It's just so <laughs> odd. It is. And the whole movie has a nightmarish quality to it. As you as things, yes. as, you know, it just gets stranger and stranger and weirder and weirder. You know, and it only, it's only separated by the Michael detective and Allison storyline. Like, that's really, it's like her entire world is a nightmare and she's suffering and going through pain and depression mm-hmm. and all this shit, panic attacks and anxiety. And then Michael's storyline, it's just just kind of like a nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I yeah. like about it. And going back to the deformed actors, that is 100% a quality or something you'd see. The visual of it looks like it's pulled yeah. Out of a nightmare, you know, and that's one of the other things I love about the movie is just, just that whole kind of quality, like just how fucking weird it is. But it's randomly weird too at times, like rand- randomly, but randomly, but not in like a day. And I love David Lynch, but not in that way. Yeah. It, it it makes sense when you realize what is happening when I, to when Allison. When I watched it today, Lynn 
was happened to be there. She was yeah. watching it. She's and the scene of her on the couch. All of a sudden, Lynn's like, "What the fuck is this?" And I said, "It's quite random, isn't it?" She says, "Yeah." And I'm like, <laughs> "You know what, though? It will be fully explained in the end." She's like, "By the end, you get really." It. She was like, "Yes, <laughs> it actually makes sense because we had watched uh, the new In Search of Darkness three, yeah, and they covered the Sentinel, and they just kept calling them the lesbians, the lesbians, and she was like the lesbians, and I said, "Yes, actually, when you watch the movie." They're just the lesbians. Like that's like that's what they call them. Their entire, but not only just what they call them. Like that's their entire character. They're just the lesbians. lesbians. The, the they lesbians. have no other character trait other than the fact that they are lesbians. Like yeah. that's it. But you know, they say that all the people in the house, and this is what I was saying earlier, where it's a lie. That's not true. Where they call them all demons, but these are people who were murderers in real life, and they're all yes. dead now. And so it's so like they're trapped in hell. So these are just evil spirits that wanted of hell. They're not demons. They were human at one point. Humans are not demons. So these are evil spirits. So that adds to that whole the fact that all this lore is very surface level to the point where they didn't where the writer doesn't even realize there's a difference between demons and damned souls. And damned souls. Because technically the deformed people are probably the demons and quite, the... I didn't like, take them as that either. I just no? took them as those. I, I took them because another, another, the, a little bit of the layer to it of what the director, I don't know, maybe the writer had it in mind as well, mm. is uh, Hieronymus Bosch is his mm-hmm. paintings uh, because we're about, it's, you know, heavy layers. They put the layers of the uh, Dante's Inferno in there and Paradise mm-hmm. Lost and all that. Uh, Par- uh, Hieronymus Bosch's painting the inferno is mm. his depictions of hell and he did quite a few paintings like this and those are the paintings i don't know if you know how well you know them i'm not familiar with it at all if you look I, at i'm sure them, if i see it i'll know it 100 yeah. percent, you know them these are the ones where it's very huge painting very detailed lots of little people all in different states of torment and torture oh yes and i know what you're talking doing, about i think that's hieronymus Bo- yes that's hieronymus bosch and that's what the director was going for is didn't like you use bringing- a painting for like that in your like a painting one of those type of paintings in your movie uh, it was Henry Fuselli. Okay. but similar, but it, similar style. It's religious kind of, right? imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. in that similar Bosch style. Yeah. But uh, I think Bosch was about uh, a hundred years or so before. I think Bosch gotcha. was fifteen hundreds. Um, maybe I might be. I don't know. I'm not gonna look that up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but that's kind of the imagery he was going yeah. for with that final scene. Is just all these denizens of hell all pouring out into the apartment building. So they might be demons. It's not explained. And and that's what we're talking about, the the ambiguous nature of it, where you saw them as demons. I saw them as more tormented souls because a lot, quite a few of them, especially the ones that got like real close-ups, they yeah. were burn victims, yes. which is like they just came too. from hell. So yeah, they would have like human souls would have scorch marks on them. They would be burned. Like they had no hair. They were missing like eyelids. These are people who were in like, yeah. I, like it's you really said, they were, it wasn't makeup. Visual, man. It was yeah, a really it's not makeup. Visual. These are real people from a hospital. So they are actual burn scars. And mm. you look at the two or three of those actors, they're specifically the ones on the stairs when she's running up the stairs yes, I know exactly and she's passing them. And these people, they were, these are like second, third degree, like serious yeah, it's, it's burns. It's gnarly when you see it, when yeah. you see it. Yeah. Full body burns. You know, even the girl at the top of the stairs, she still has her hair, which is rare. But that one stood out to me. The one that's like standing off to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She still has almost a full head of hair, but her face, her neck, her burns. Yeah, it's fucking. You know, so I feel like he did that on purpose, where he took the people with the burns and made them the ones who 
almost physically interact with her because these are souls that just came from hell. Yeah. I feel like that was the visual he was going for, but again, the ambiguous, it could be anything. Yeah. You know? They never, they um, never, they never, they never flat out tell you no, what. No, they don't. These... But I like that they didn't. I no. like that they did. Yeah. We, we, so. we, like I said, just it being ambiguous works for mm-hmm. me at least. All right. The neighbor's quiet. Oh, yes. There's a Mr. Jenkins on one side. Nice man. He plays violin with the New York Symphony Orchestra. And the other side? Oh, the woman who lives in 5A. She's a recluse. She's no problem at all. She's a nun. There's a couple other things I, I have written down here I want to mention. Some yeah. funny stuff. There's some, some silly, some silly <laughs> shit here. Uh, the rent for that apartment... Five hundred dollars a month. Fifty dollar down pay down. In, down. What? In fucking Brooklyn what? Heights. God damn. What? You know how much yo Brooklyn Heights now, you want a one bedroom apartment will run you like three grand a month. And Crazy. a regular empty place. This is like yeah. this is a huge this is a huge Rosemary's baby style apartment, fully furnished. This would be like crazy. fifty grand a month right now. This so would be like crazy. one of those Madonna apartments, you know? And the, <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I I've always wanted to go and see the house in person. I've never mm-hmm. it's easy to get to. You know, yeah. I I've been, me I have to make a trip out there, but I might have to do that soon because I've always Want to see it? It doesn't have all the vines and stuff on the side yeah. anymore. I found but the address earlier. Yeah, yeah, like, it's that, it's easy to get to. Yeah, it's a it's a real uh, real. And when you when you you know, like watch some of the there's a behind the scenes uh, interview an interview with the mm-hmm. assistant director. He talks about they actually shot. Yeah. In they rented this brownstone. They mm-hmm. paid everyone that lived there to move out and put them in hotels and shot the entire film or most of the film that takes place at that apartment building in the building yep. that's fucking awesome yep. so i just thought i just thought that was fucking i just think that's really cool it is um another thing <laughs> that i think is kind of funny and interesting and i don't know if maybe that's just the direction they decided to go in but and where new york was in 77 when you think of new york so 1977 this was 1976 and i think of a couple of different movies <laughs> Uh, you've got the Warriors, which was a little after this. You've Coney got Island. you've got Taxi Driver, Manhattan, and right. Queens, yeah, you've got um, Saturday Night Fever, right? Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting about this movie is this is the cleanest looking New York ever, and I think that <laughs> just. Like I think about those, and even cruising, cruising with Al Pacino. I've you know, cruising William Friedkin. I know it, but I've never seen mm-hmm. it. Dude, that captures <laughs> New York in such a grimy, dirty, <laughs> disgusting way. Hank from and Death by DVD is always telling me, "I got you have to see how great, the fuck have you never seen dude, cruising?" That'd be a great <laughs> one to cover too, cruising. But dude, it's it's so clean. I'm like, what? <laughs> what New York was it's this? In nine, this is nice and clean. Late seventies. I'm yeah. I'm assuming, and I don't know what Brooklyn was like in 1977, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming Brooklyn Heights was a very nice area. It was right by the. This is right by the water where they shot. And know? this is right and this by is the, like, literally by the water. This is many moons before gentrification. Yes. So there is not many people of color in this movie. Yeah. You well, know. well, it's the opposite, actually. There's no, there wasn't many people of color. Then people of color came in, and now gentrification is kicking them back out. Yeah, so it's so, kind of weird. Just this being, is, this is pre pre. <laughs> a Latino from New York, it's yeah. like kind of interesting how in this movie, 
Yeah, this there isn't is the neighborhood. None of that. Yeah, this isn't and the I neighborhood where, unfortunately, yes. a lot of people of color were not living in that area. But I just find it's, that interesting because in the 70s, it's like New York was horrible. Mm-hmm. 70s into the 80s. Well, Manhattan was. Manhattan yeah. and southern Brooklyn was. Because if you think about it, like Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Where John Travolta's character lived. Mm-hmm. Was like the Italian part, like Bensonhurst, yep. like Park Slope, yep. and all that. Bensonhurst, you, know, <laughs> you know, all that stuff was heavily Italian in the late seventies, mm-hmm. and then there was like parts. That's where the mob Brooklyn. kept everything clean. Oh, yeah. don't put, put your gun up on the floor. What are you doing? So, I break your knees. You know? I just thought it was interesting because you watch like Taxi Driver, and all these movies set around the same, you know, a couple years apart yeah. only. And this movie, none of the shittiness. They, they of show New different York. sides of New York. They you know really what I, you know you know what movie um kind of has a similar vibe uh where New York appears really clean and kind of safe. I'm thinking and, the same movie I'm going to laugh. Uh The Eyes of Laura Mars. Oh no, it was Which that. I do like but that okay. movie, but it has a similar that that movie and this movie mm-hmm. would also yep. make a decent double feature. Like mm-hmm. they kind of very different types of movies, but a very clean New York. I don't know. I was thinking I, Panic <laughs> Room. Pat was that much same later, look. though. No, of yeah. way more later, yeah, but it yeah. has that same. Even though that's yeah. Central Park and this is Brooklyn, yeah, yeah, yeah. it has it almost. If you put those two movies together and told someone they were the same yeah. neighborhood, they would believe it. No, for sure, it's yeah. just so clean. I'm like, yes. wow, it's, this Brooklyn it's that brownstone. Looks, it's the brownstone it's like, neighborhoods. That's really what it is. You know, someone who goes to like, I go to, you know, I go to all all over New York. Mm-hmm. So many been here my whole life. And so yeah. have you. So it's like we've been through we've been to the shitty areas <laughs> and the but then, yeah. and, you know, and it's just That's interesting it's, how it's the brownstone areas. Like when you just, were in Williamsburg and you're passing through those brownstones, it suddenly becomes super. But even clean. Williamsburg at one point was horrible. It was, it was. Except and, for those brownstones. Yeah, like that so ten blocks of brownstones is fucking yeah. pristine. And then you cross the street, and next thing you know, well, I'm getting shot now. <laughs> it's just interesting when you watch <laughs> yes. these movies how they they they, you know, the way New York is depicted in Taxi Driver mm-hmm. and in Cruising it and in Saturday Night character. Fever New and then in this movie character. and in The Eyes of Laura Mars, those two movies, New York is mm-hmm. kind of just get- beautiful and, and just – interesting depiction of the city that I'm born and raised in. You're born and raised in. So New York is one of those weird cities, like in great expectations, they shot all over New York, but it doesn't feel like New York. That's weird. It's so disjointed, especially remember the Ethan Hawke is on the train at one point. He starts in downtown. He ends up, he ends up in midtown and then he gets off the train in Brooklyn. I'm like, you're on the fucking J train, dude. Where direction (laughs) is this going? (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. And then like, Like, you know, it makes no sense. Like the Lower East Side was really shitty at one point. And it's just so interesting how in this movie, none of that is addressed. Like none of the garbage part of New York City is addressed. And I just thought that was, and I love, I love, I love old, you know, movies set being a New Yorker. I love movies set in New York, old movies set in New York. You know, like I said, I mentioned the Warriors. The Warriors, I think was 79, 78, 79. Yeah, about that. And, New York is as gang ridden and horrible, and yeah. like in this movie, which was only a couple of years before, it's it's like beautiful. And it's immaculate. the Rosemary's Baby influence. That's yeah, right. Yeah, because Rosemary's Baby doesn't look like that. She's even in Times Square yeah, at some point. Rosemary's Baby was not sixties, which I think New York was a very different place. It so, was a very different yeah, place, but so. there was still it's still plenty of that, you know. No, but it for had sure. that it had that kind of feel. Like they were trying to make it look and feel like Rosemary's Baby, and yeah. that was one of the criticisms, even in the weirdos 
was in the apartment. It's very Rosemary's baby. Who are these fucking old yeah. people that just keep showing up? Who are <laughs> yeah, they? For you sure. Know? It has that Rosemary's baby feel. And that's and that's what a lot of the reviews said, how derivative it is. It's very it, – the apartment building is 100% Rosemary's baby. No, for that's sure. That's what they were trying to do, but they could not afford to shoot in um, – oh, I can't think of the name of it. The one they shot in Rosemary's Baby, the whole the actual. Apartment. I forget. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. The one I don't where remember. John Lennon either. was shot in front of it. Yeah, I forget the name of it. I know exactly. Yeah. I've like walked past that building a yeah, hundred times. I can't times. think of the name of it. But I know exactly. They, what you're af- they about. didn't. There was only like a three million dollar budget, so they couldn't yeah. afford that. I uh, I have one more con I, mm. I want to mention here. Something about the movie I don't like, uh, and obviously obviously we both like this movie. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's I enjoyed pretty dope. Of it. I, really I, did. I I love it. It's one of my favorites. There's just so much about it I really enjoy. Yeah, you could be nitpicky, but at the same time, I feel like even the nitpicks kind of makes that kind of makes sense when you look at the big picture of it as a movie. It kind of just works. Yes. Uh, one thing that I I think was kind of blah, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for it, and it's it's a piece of trivia. I think mm-hmm. the score is just not interesting at all. Yeah, it's very it's very quiet at some points yeah. too. Like it's very and like eh. I read that John Williams was supposed originally to. he was yep. originally supposed to too. compose the music, the score for this, but backed out to work with George Lucas. And I have a feeling seventy seven was that Star I think, Wars? Yeah, I think that was a good call. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I, uh, I'm That's sure. A good call. <laughs> I'm sure if you ask if you ask John Williams, hey, did did you regret not scoring the Sentinel? He's probably nope. like, no. I'm not pretty sure he made a, not he made the better decision. He made the better decision in scoring. It's not even on his radar. <laughs> in, in scoring what I'm assuming is Star Wars, so. Yeah. I'm assuming approximately the same time. Yep. There's that. So not even doesn't even notice. Don't, forgot that he was ever offered it. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close out, before we close out the show, let's just quickly talk about the version we watched. And mm-hmm. we both watched the same version, which is the 2015 Scream Factory release. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll admit this is only a 1080p you know, looks good though. It looks, it looks good. good. Yeah, it's not Screen the great. It's not two K, four K. Yeah, uh, even in their is, even in their like no yeah. frills releases, they're still they do a good job. Yeah, this is a. I thought this was a good transfer. There isn't, I believe, an updated version of this release yet. Not that I'm aware. I of could that. see it coming maybe no. down the line. Uh, as far as special features, this is not a. Two disc set with fifty fucking special features. There isn't any of that. It's got three commentaries, mm-hmm. uh, single disc. With, it's got a yeah. nice little inside. Yeah, I do like image. the inside of it with the the reversible. It's got all the demon faces. Well, I yeah. wouldn't call it reversible because it doesn't really. Well, yeah, you're right. Well, I, I guess mean, if it you is want reversible, it, yeah. but it's not like a title cover. No. Yeah, let me no. take that. Yeah, let's do it this way. Yeah, yeah. You can. It just looks cool. It's it is. Cool, it's really cool. Yeah. Um. um but yeah, the special features, it's it's an audio commentary with the writer, producer, Jeffrey uh, Konvitz, mm-hmm. uh, which I have not listened to yet. I'm guilty. I did not listen to that one yet. I didn't listen I to ha- any of them, so you're too ahead of me on it. So. <laughs> I have listened to two of them. I, I, I have listened to the audio commentary with the writer, producer, director, Michael Winner. I can tell you this. He is v- very curmudgeon and kind of like not. <laughs> you can tell this guy was not a good... He even kind of puts down Chris Sarandon in this movie. Even if you look through trivia, he kind of. Well, I think that's I think because Chris that. was so so outward about yeah. not enjoying it that he's like, you know what, fuck that guy. I'm yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, I'm gonna hit back. 
he he does give some like insight on making the movie, which is interesting. But okay. you could kind of tell he, this guy was a hard ass. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, a commentary. No Charles Bronson. No Charles Bronson in this movie, so he <laughs> wasn't happy. Sarandon is no Bronson. That's <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a, a third audio commentary with Christina Raines, Allison, and she's also joined by a fan of the movie. I think he's like a a, a blogger or mm. something like that. I wasn't filming. I didn't recognize his name. Just he as joins like a her moderator to get her moderator. Talking. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of just guiding her through, and you get the sense when you listen to the commentary with Christina Raines that. This is not a movie she revisits in her career yeah. often. Yeah. Like she hasn't watched this a lot, and I'm sure Beverly D'Angelo wants to forget it after the after the kind of <laughs> yeah. career she had. She's like the yeah. fact that I started off fucking naked and masturbating on camera. You know what? I'm gonna not mention this anymore. Your film, your film debut, popping out <laughs> a boob debut. and masturbating right in popping right in front of a, and another actress. With- Playing with your meat curtains. Yeah. Oh God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's basically that's basically the commentaries now yeah. that, that are involved. And I, I'd say they're worth a listen. Uh, I have to listen to the uh, the writer. That's the last one I have to check out. Um, there's also an interview with the assistant director, uh, Ralph S. Um, Singleton. I mm-hmm. did watch that. Okay. It's a uh, uh, it's like twenty. I want the interview. Yes, I did yeah. watch that. Yes. Really good, especially if you're a filmmaker like us. Yeah. It's, it's oh, you know, that's what I loved about it. Yeah. That's what I loved about it mostly. He t- he talks about the Sentinel towards the end of the interview, but but it's all th- filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Him talking about how he worked his way up to becoming an assistant director and working mm-hmm. on projects and living in New York and then moving to L.A. It's a great interview if you're a film lover and a filmmaker. About, about twenty minutes or so. Yeah, it's not it. not long. Yeah. And then you've got theatrical trailer, still galleries, which do is... not watch the trailer before the movie though. That, I don't even. I don't even think I watched the trailer. The trailer tells you the entire fucking movie. There like you it go. Literally, it literally tells you this is the, the this building is the gates of hell, and someone <laughs> and a sentinel has to stand guard, and the sentinel needs to be replaced. Is Al? Is her name Allison? Allison. Uh, yes. Allison. Allison is the next in line. Will she? She survive? is the sentinel. <laughs> literally says it. Like, are you? Well, thanks. I don't need to watch the fucking movie. I now. will say. I will say, and I don't think we talked about it, but uh, the last shot of the film. With Allison like, dressed as a nun with her mm-hmm. eyes wide out, just yep. looking out the window of the brownstone that's been remodeled, yep. which that's a matte painting, by the way. It they just covered it with painting. a matte painting. Yes. Um, is really eerie. I, it I is. like it. I do like it. And, and her that, becoming the Sentinel, accepting being the next Sentinel or forced yeah. into being the Sentinel. So that brings me into that. What, what I wanted to say earlier, um, but we just didn't get, but I'm fucking, I'm gonna throw it in there. Um, I feel like this. Everybody called it very derivative, but I felt like once you mixed all these all these parts in, you kind of got something new out of it. My issue with the film was number one, the editing is a little blah at times, cool. especially Clunky, for some yeah. of like yeah, especially for some of the spots where Allison's fighting off the the, the like her grand her father and running through the end, and yeah. it's very clunky. Like you can tell that she wasn't fully aware of what to do of how, like she didn't know how to do fight choreography. So they were re- you could tell <laughs> the like, actors were <laughs> yeah exactly you could tell the actors were really. Yeah, yeah, they're trying not to hurt each other too. Yeah. You know, especially like uh, when Sarandon is choking the the priest. Like it's very awkward. Like yeah. I feel like the, the the chair falls over. I feel like they didn't mean to do that. Like they were just kind of stumbling through it. So I feel like the editing and the choreography was kind of weak in especially in moments like that. But moving forward from there, this being 1977, there were movies that came out in 78 and 79. And 80 that I think were directly 
inspired by this. Hmm. City of the Living Dead, House yes. by the Cemetery, and The Beyond. 100%. Like, you watch this. Think about that ending. No, think you're about right. the white eyes and, 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 and the surface level... Uh, um, uh, uh, religion in it and mm-hmm. the paradise lost and the gate of hell, the look of it. Imagine if this film had been directed by Lucio Fulci. Oh, it would have been amazing. <laughs> as is script, as is It would have been the beyond, but basically. It would exactly. Yeah. I watched this. I'm like, it's the fucking beyond. It's House yeah. by the... It's City of the Living Dead. Hundred yeah, percent. Like, that's all this movie is missing is the Fulci's bright blue and white lighting and the and and like uh, uh, you would have had you would have had all the all the people from the hospital it, they would have been coming out of the basement yeah. like there would have been a there would have been a catacomb down there there would have been some you know some caves and shit for them to come from and the beyond gets and way more love than the sentinel if you think does. about it yeah well, it does you, you know, don't see people wearing the sentinel you know t-shirts no. but you see no. the beyond t-shirts and gates of hell t-shirts yeah. so i totally think that fulci was inspired by this when he he made it because it's hundred percent like really <laughs> this yeah. is this belongs it almost feels like the same trilogy it's yeah. the gates of hell it's the seven doors of death it's no, i agree <laughs> i didn't even think about that dude, you know? until right now and, so imagine. and i've been thinking about it the whole time like this is totally fulci i even looked it up and i said was this no fulci these those three were after this yeah. So the fact that Fulci was trying to do American zom- American zombie horror supernatural films, I get the feeling he watched this and was like, that's the American style I'm going to do. If we're Fulci's gonna, gonna... a big fan of the Sentinel. Quite possible, man. Quite possible. <laughs> he was like, a big fan of the Sentinel. <laughs> yeah, like the whole ending of City of the Living Dead and, and, and the Beyond is totally the ending of this. Yeah. It's the same pace, the same style, just the people coming out of the doors and coming through everything. And they had, they're kind of walking their way through it. And then yeah. we get the final shot of her, of her with uh, like the nun with the white eyes. That's the beyond. We have, we have her. For we, sure. we have her in uh, uh, Gates of Hell. It's like, that's her. <laughs> it's a less, it's a less violent version yes. of the beyond. Oh, he would have had <laughs> random people showing up and the demons just, you would have known they were demons way sooner. <laughs> no intent. No heads exploding. <laughs> yep. No gouging the, of eyes. Well, there's a gouging. The, there's a chopping off of a nose. The I nose, guess. Yeah. <laughs> minus minus Beverly D'Angelo's nudity. Minus the nude scenes. Yeah. This is totally a TV friendly version of a Fulci movie. For sure. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any closing thoughts? On the that, I, I don't think I'm gonna leave that in my closing thoughts, and that's, that's why great, I really, that's why I really loved it. It felt like a Fulci movie. That's and, a great way of putting it. Mm. Man. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, dude. While and I've seen this movie, you're at gonna least, go back and watch it again. You're like, at Holy least shit. a dozen times, gonna, dude. I've watched this movie. See, when I thought of it, I watched it the first time last week, and then I watched it the second time today, and I'm like, I'm looking at the shots. I'm like, that's Fulci. He did that. He it's did a, that. He did that. It's, it's a it's a Lucio Fulci movie without Lucio yeah. Fulci. That's me. So it's a matter of Michael Winner. Cinematography. See, Richard Katrina is the cinematographer. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what else he worked on, but wouldn't it be funny? That would be funny. (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny? That would be funny. But but oh my my, god, he worked on Boomerang. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) He worked on Boomerang. Boomerang's awesome. Muppets Take Manhattan. He was there. You go. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, But these are my closing thoughts. Kind of. Just reiterating what I said earlier, you know, I think The Sentinel has a lot to offer when it comes to it being just a horror film. 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a phenomenal cast, both with the leads and the supporting. A great New York City setting, even mm-hmm. though it's not as dirty as I know New York and the way New like York Sol-Chi is. Like does New York, too. <laughs> there you go. He does. You're right. <laughs> Don't torture a duckling. Sent that. Uh, and sent- zombie. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he sent those, and and I think the Beyond too is yeah. like they have establishing shots that they yeah. sent. He sent B teams down to New York and just shot footage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's got it's New got, it's got it's got that phenomenal you know NYC setting. It's got solid performances. Mm-hmm. I think personally, just like the Changeling that we covered you know last month, mm-hmm. it is it is a bit underrated. It when has it that comes Changeling yeah. old school yes. house too. Yep. And, and, and I think when it comes to like, you know, the Satan slash hell themed horror films, mm-hmm. it needs a little more love, even though I, I will yep. admit, you know, we, we, we talked about it at nauseum. It doesn't yep. really go. It doesn't go full steam ahead with hell and no. Satan just um, kind of throws it in there because I think that little sprinkling was enough to freak people out back then. For sure. You know, um, and like I said, you know, I think it can go toe to toe with any of those movies like Rosemary's Baby. Uh, but that's just our. I would opinion. know toe to toe with Rosemary's Baby. That's pretty. <laughs> that's Rosemary's pretty Baby is pretty. <laughs> I think it could go toe to toe with Rosemary's uh, Baby. I, I, so <laughs> Rosemary's Baby is like one of my top ten of all time. Oh, me so, too. You know, uh, <laughs> man, he's like this. This is. This I wouldn't is maybe, go that far. <laughs> this is maybe in my top hundred of all time. It's really good, but <laughs> but yeah, if you've never seen The Sentinel, go out of yeah. your way to check it out. Hopefully, Definitely. we we. Didn't spoil it too much. Okay. <laughs> and it can encourage you to go check it out if you've never seen it. There is evil. Evil everywhere. Turn around, Allison. Look behind you. There is horror. There is darkness. I think Allison may die. But watching, waiting, warding off evil, there is hope. The Sentinel. So that was The Sentinel from 1977. Be sure to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Haunted Hangover. And also check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Haunted Hangover 31. And make sure to follow us, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcasting app you're listening to this on. Because, because you should. Because I told you to. So do it. <laughs> do it. And as always, remember, the best cure for a hangover is... More booze. I could use more booze right now. (laughs) Catch you guys later.